I'm here. I'm alive. But where's Grego? Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Robert Allenby studio. We're on the road today and Grego is not with us. He's on holidays. He's cruising around the Pacific. But we've got some very special guests in today. Introducing first of all, my partner in life and in crime, Jade. You're joining us on the podcast today. Hello, everybody. Um, it's a pleasure to be aboard. Of course, always. Co- of course, Jay's going to be joining us for the footy stream of the week, the all important integrity report, punting, and of course, penis of the week. Going to have our usual experts jump in for the footy, Cozzy and Berta. We love Cozzy and Berta, and Morgs is going to jump in for all sport, including the big GF week, baby. So it's a huge week, Grego, we miss you, you're the expertise behind this podcast, but we are going to push on. Should we get into it? Absolutely. Fantastic. As I said, we are live and we are here. Huge week, Jade. Huge week. Absolutely. The mighty Broncos. Ah, yes. The The Broncos. Yep. So I've replaced a Penrith supporter, a raging Penrith fan with a Broncos fan this week. So... The Listen, people's team. Oh, the, the people's team. The oh, oh, well, that'll do me. That'll do me. Oh, well. Got to be careful though, don't I? <laughs> So, uh, yes, it is a huge week. It's grand final week and uh, everyone's keen, keen as mustard, in fact. But um, before we jump into that, what's caught your eye, Jade? Well, when, when you think of Japan, you think of, or well, things I think of, uh, sumo wrestlers, efficiency, bullet trains. Japan has managed to put all three into one. So they've arranged for pseudo, sumo wrestlers to be performing on a bullet train. Going at almost 300 k's an hour, and you, you kind of think, what could go wrong there? Wow. That, that, so on, on, on any given day, there could be a sumo wrestler a performance on your bullet train. Yeah, yeah. Why not? You've got a bit of time to kill on your commute to work. Yeah, wow. That is a little bit different. That is a little bit different. Gives you ideas, doesn't it? Yeah, it makes me think that like our um, public transport system in Australia is quite far behind what could we be doing to enhance the experience for the punters mm, yes so, so any ideas well i thought like you know it's grand final week maybe we could um sort of lean into that theme a little bit get nathan cleary on there doing a tiktok dance oh fantastic fantastic i mean could get in a bit of strife for that but you know yeah, not so much anymore not so much anymore untouchable he's the golden boy so yeah Yep, fantastic. And um, anything else? Well, for the sake of balance, um, you could get our golden boy, Reese Walsh, doing something. and Sexy eyes. Sexy eyes Walsh. Mm. He's got impeccable eyebrows. I feel like that he could he could teach some um, skills to, to the punters on the train, men and women. Yeah, well, he yes. certain, perhaps he could. I, I just never got past his eyes. So, yeah, I'll have to take your word for that. <laughs> 
What about um yeah our own um, public transport system? I think about Brisbane and the the beautiful city cats. Maybe you could get some hang gliding or some um, water skiing off the back Parasailing. of those. Parasailing. Parasailing. Yes, that's the one I'm looking for. Maybe you could do something like that. I mean, you wouldn't want to fall into the river, would you? I mean, you know, fairly fairly polluted, fairly muddy, <laughs> and if um you know the bull shark might get you as well. Or, or gangrene, one, one of the two. Well, you know, can't have it all, can you? <laughs> all right. What about yourself? What's caught my eye? Well, uh, I was looking at the, um, you know, the papers earlier today and I saw that there were, somebody's had a dog of a flight. A New Zealand couple, they have been compensated recently by an airline because on their flight they were sitting next to an assistance dog. Now, an assistance dog, they play a very important role. And there was no question about the um, this dog being on uh, the flight. But uh, that dog was apparently uh, s- farting and snorting the entire trip. <laughs> now, my first question was snorting what? But, you know. And was that related to the farting? Well, that's exactly right. Were they entwined? But uh, no, it, uh, it it certainly wasn't. And um, they've been compensated for theirs. So uh, it got me thinking. Um, would you be confiscated if you sat next to a passenger who was snorting and farting the whole way? Yeah, well, I, I'd probably take my odds to the dog as opposed to a boy after a boy's trip. Yes, well, you could be right. You could be right about that. Uh, <laughs> yes, I, I um, since I'm the one you usually sit next to on the <laughs> flight, you know, I guess uh, I'll leave that one alone. And the other thing that's caught my eye, uh, just today I read that Eddie Jones, and now we're a big fan of Eddie here on the show. We love Eddie Jones. Uh, He's doing, well, he's doing (laughs) potentially good things as Eddie. But um, Eddie has apparently taken an interview with Japanese rugby for the top job over there. Now, he's contracted to Australian rugby for another four years till the end of the next World Cup in 2027. So this has turned a few heads. Now, apparently Eddie's been asked about this and he's given it absolutely no um, no time whatsoever. There's nothing in it, he said. But where there's smoke, there's fire. Wondering perhaps if the job that he's taken on... You know, it it might be bigger than he thought. I guess a few people are suggesting, not me, we love Eddie here. (laughs) But, yeah, maybe that's what's going on. Yeah. 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 Expectations probably a little bit lower over there. Yes, indeed, indeed. Now, ladies and gentlemen, loyal listeners, as I said, Grego's away. And uh, he's on a cruise, so uh, many of you who've been on a cruise before, I actually haven't, but... Those who've been on a cruise have told me that reception very untrustworthy, in and out all the time. But he can every now and again get a tiny bit of reception, so he said he would call in when he could. So if we hear from Grego, that's what's going on. All right. All right. Love his input from time to time. Oh, definitely, definitely. So ladies and gentlemen, Jade, should we get in the footy? Absolutely, let's do it. The rugby league final was a big Wembley occasion. Oh, get that in here! All right, the footy. So, two matches over the weekend. The preliminary final was the Broncos took on the Warriors and the Broncos comprehensive winners uh, and into the grand final. And Penrith beat the Storm in a comprehensive fashion as well. Any surprises for you um, over 
the weekend, Jay? Um, well, I am a bit of a pessimist when it comes to my own team, so mm. I was quite nervous leading into that game. You assured me that the Broncos would do it and do it well, but I had my doubts. Yep. Um, Penrith, no, I had no doubts about that. I expected them to make light work of the storm, and, and they did. Mm. Um, how about yourself? Yeah, no surprises there, and um, I, I thought that um, Penrith were going to destroy the Storm, and they really did, and I also thought the Broncos were going to be too good for the Warriors, who uh, had a great year, but I felt like they had a fairly soft draw heading in towards the finals, and I, I knew it would catch up with them at some point. Um you know, the Broncos were just full of running and any time the Warriors – you know what I will say about the Warriors? Any time they got in a good field position, they made the most of it. I, I was really impressed with what they did with the ball. They scored early and um, – Again, later, I mean, they got a second try off an intercept. That that was more just, um, I guess, pretty good work by Dallin. Um, but it, it was it was less about what they created, more opportunistic. But then they got another try in the second half to, was it Rocco Berry? Uh, um, oh, Adam Pompey? Um, I, I, I think it was Montoya. Montoya, so neither. Righto. <laughs> <laughs> On the mark. I think Pompey might have passed the ball to Montoya. Yeah, so... Um, yeah, and so they did look dangerous when they had good ball, but they just – and I think Andrew um, Webster might have said this in his post-match press conference. They didn't look anywhere – they didn't get anywhere near enough good ball. Yeah, well, you kind of got the feeling with the Warriors that they might have played their grand final last week and mm. what what an atmosphere that was and, and sort of coming back from, from that into a more hostile environment was always going to be a bit of a challenge. Yeah, well, I agree. And I guess um, after that performance, many would have um, uh, the Broncos uh, as the favourites going in. Oh, hang on. Sorry. I think Grego might have just gotten through. Oh, absolutely. Oh, oh. Right. Wow. Didn't expect that one. Wow. Wow. Yeah, Grego jumping off the, the riff. I can't believe it. Yeah, righto. Well, you know, I wonder if you'd um if you'd put good um, money on that. Get it in your multi. Wow. Jeez, wow. he is super keen on the Broncos. I didn't see that coming. That shocks me. He's off the line now, but we'll have to check if he's all right. I mean, that's just not like Grego. Well, righto. <laughs> Never mind, never mind. But now we did speak about Grego. Let's talk about the other match just quickly. Uh, the Riff versus the Storm. Any surprises there for you? Actually, what surprised me a little bit is that the Storm were actually making a few line breaks through the first half. Um, they just um, they just couldn't finish them off. Penrith, very good in cover defence, sort of cutting off support players and, and, and whatnot. But just the fact that they were making those breaks in the first place probably surprised me a little bit. Um, but Penrith were just Penrith, really, just beat them into submission and, yeah. Just. Yeah, they do, they do what Penrith have done for the last four years. And, you know, it... If they win this grand final, and we'll talk about this a little bit later, they're going to be. There's no doubt they're going to be one of the great teams, and I guess the Melbourne Storm over the last uh, twenty years, up until uh, twenty twenty, when they won that premiership, were considered one of the great teams of all time. Never won back to back premierships, but won multiple premierships. And their calling card was they were very consistent, very solid. But if they couldn't, if they weren't beating you with their gameplay, and they would adjust as they were going and they would, um, I guess, they would figure out a way to beat you. Penrith just don't need plan B, do they? 
No, plan A is just so effective and, and their defence is just so stingy, I suppose you'd say. Like my, my fear for my Broncos is just how easy those tries from the Warriors came when they got ball on our line. Three tries, the Warriors scored on us. Three tries would be enough for Penrith, I feel. so. Mm, that's a fair point. That, and I think the word stingy um, is 100% correct and uh, experts will tell you that defence is an attitude and it's very hard to keep that attitude up for a sustained period of time. I've never seen anything like it, this Penrith team. They just do not get tired of winning. And that seems obvious, like everyone loves to win. How could you get tired of winning? But what you have to do as a rugby league player, as a team, to consistently win is so hard that even the great teams eventually get tired of it. Yeah, just the the little things, the 1% is just putting in that, that extra step, that extra tackle, getting up off the ground, line speed. They just do it again and again. They do, they do. Uh, yeah, and... You know, you almost don't get sick of watching them. I'm sure if you're a Penrith fan, I get real sick of it. <laughs> but, alas, I'll uh, take my sour grapes and I'll move on. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, those were the matches. Uh, both teams far too good. I don't know if many people predicted it. Oh, hang on, I did. Did you get a look at me, multi? We'll discuss that later. <laughs> anyway, um, so, yeah, I guess... The Storm did make some breaks early on, coming off the back of Harry Grant and his workout of dummy half when he came on caused them a fair bit of trouble as well. But because uh, he didn't start, did he, Harry? Uh, no, he started from the bench again. Yeah, started yeah, from started the bench. Welsh and Grant yep. off the bench. Yeah, so um, which I did find a little bit strange starting Christian Welsh off the bench. I don't know the impact that he provides. More of a worker, isn't he? He is more of a worker. But, you know, Melbourne Storm season in a, in a nutshell, if you look at their squad... It's, it's certainly not one of their great teams, is it? No. And it just you just look at Craig Bellamy and you go, what sort of a coach are you? Like you look at the team they were fielding and let's not um, – a great spine. Absolutely. 100%. What a fantastic spine. But as far as um, the rest of the side, it's very, very average and they just – top four, they just keep checking over the wins. That standard yeah. that they drive – yeah. You know, you can definitely see them picking up a couple of players. Pappenhausen, hopefully for his sake, getting back, getting close to his top form. Maybe was it Young Fung, uh, Farga Longo got Far his um, yeah, Far Longo looked very, very good. They could be anything next year. I Need hope they're some not. Forwards. But need some forwards. Yeah, that, of Nelson. There's there's not a lot happening there. Mm, yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, so anyway, they did. Oh, uh, exceptional season. Yeah. Given. Yeah. Had a hell of a season. Brett Cliff took their whole forward pack just about. So Yeah, so <laughs> look, before we jump into a little bit of a preview for the grand final, got a couple of discussion points here. Look, the forward pass debacle. What are your thoughts? Um, yeah, well, as a Broncos fan, I was riding the highs and lows of emotion sitting on the couch watching that game, as you know, and I just kind of sat there in like a stunned silence when that one happened, like quite uneasy, like it was clearly a forward pass the most blatant bronco supporter couldn't argue otherwise it it was as bad as i've seen i'm pretty sure yep so the nro was lucky in my opinion it was lucky because it didn't cost anyone the game uh can you imagine if that had cost someone a grand final like the broncos were far too good andrew webster class act again 
Uh, the way he handled that in the press conference when asked about it, who was, look, look, it was obviously forward. It was so forward, it wasn't even funny. But they already had a line break. So he wasn't taking that as an excuse for a warrior, uh, from a warrior's perspective. So that tells me he's going to be a very good coach for a long time with that sort of an attitude. But honestly, do we have to wait until it costs someone a big game like a grand final before we intervene with technology? Yeah, well, it's it's a really, really interesting debate. Um, Philandis came out today and, and mentioned that that's something they will look at in the future to, to remove the howler. It's a, it's a really fine line because you don't want to be in a situation like where a try is scored and, and you're looking at it like they look at the decoy runners and they're like, oh, that pass is flat. Is that one forward? You know, you only want them to call it on the absolute howler like that. Yeah, that's right. I mean, but that was an absolute shocker and perhaps you could see why it was – um such a bad, like, Reese Walsh taking off the, the, the touch he couldn't keep up. And if you looked at the angle, um, uh, Sutton was actually, actually, when the pass was thrown, was blocked off by, I think, one of the Warriors coming across in cover. It might have even been one of the Broncos in support. So you could understand how the error happened. But, yeah, it was just an absolute shocker. Yeah, like... I don't know if you can have the bunker tip them off on the fly or like, yeah. Well, you can't at the moment, but perhaps they need to look at something like that happening. That that, that was a shocker. Like Reese Walsh, like was throwing his hands up. Oh no, what have I done? Mm. Um, but you had a theory about this a little bit earlier about what's going on. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, well, during the week, um, in line with the um, Vegas round one next year. I read that the Broncos have actually aligned themselves with the LA Rams. So they're going to use their facilities, maybe pick up on a few training ideas. Looks like they've, they have they might have the playbook. So you're suggesting that Reese Walsh is considering, considers himself a, a QB, a yeah, quarterback. a bloody good one. Oh, I'll tell you what, he nailed it, didn't he? Yeah, Absolutely on the money. He's got some toe. He's got a running game as well. And like a running game. yards. Yep, that's right. My running, running game for a quarterback, very, very important. Look, it was an absolute shocker. We won't harp on it um, anymore except for maybe a couple of cheeky jabs here and there. But you've got to be doing better than that. That's just not acceptable. It's not a great look for the game. And one day it will cost someone a big, big game. And yeah, we well, can't have that happen. It's embarrassing really for the game. On the biggest stage. 100%. So we just had a little bit of a review of um, the Melbourne Storm season. What do you make of the Warriors season? Um, well, I don't think anybody expected them to do great things this year. Did, did you have them in the top eight or thereabouts? Or No, I didn't have them in my eight. Yeah. I, I thought they'd probably do a little bit better than they had been playing at home, but I certainly didn't have them in the eight. I mean, at the beginning of the year, I didn't have Sean Johnson, my top ten halfbacks in the competition. No, no. I, I thought he was done on the way out the door. Um, yeah, so, you know, like I guess a lot of their squad have had a career best season or, or thereabouts. Yeah. Um, which, you know, probably takes a side like that without out-and-out superstars to to reach the heights that they did. Mm. Um, yeah, so exceptional season, absolutely. Yeah, so playing at home obviously played a role. Where I knew, when I knew the Warriors season 
was going to be a good one for them. I didn't know how good. I didn't know it was going to be a top four. But when I was confident they were going to make the eight, it was a strange time. They lost three in a row. They lost to Penrith. They lost to Melbourne in the Anzac Day clash. Yep. And they lost to somebody else. I can't remember. It might have been South Sydney when South Sydney were on that red-hot run. But don't quote me on that one. But the way they lost those games, the performances they put in, I was very confident that if they could come out the other side of those games and bank a couple of wins quickly, that they were going to have a very good season. It looked like Webster had really done something as far as their attitude was concerned. Yeah, well, I remember them coming up against the Raiders. The Raiders were on a a winning streak. They were doing quite well. And they had Jared Croker's 300th game in Canberra. Ricky had rested him, I think, for an away game so that his 300th game was going to be in Canberra. And it was just this big carnival atmosphere they were putting on there. Um, And I was kind of like, oh, I'm glad my team's not playing Canberra this week. Whoever's got them is going to be up against it. And... Yeah, I saw it was the Warriors. I'm like, oh, okay. They smacked them. Mm, they did. They did. They and absolutely so. smacked them. So, you know, coming up in, you know, a tough away trip, everything, like everything, the script's written to, to come away with a performance like that. That's when I started to think, oh, maybe there's a bit more to this Warriors side this year. Yeah. And so I guess the question needs to be asked, like they were very good this year, but they were clearly below the top um, two teams. And if you look at next year and you look at some of the teams that did make the eight, South Sydney, uh, the Cowboys and Parramatta, who most people would suggest underachieved this year, you would probably think that two of those teams potentially make their way back into the eight next year. Um, How do the Warriors become better? How do they make sure they're not one of the teams that, that slip out next year? Yeah, well, well, Tamari Martin, uh, not Tamari Martin, sorry, um, Roger Tuovasa-Shek um, I think is going to be a big signing for them next year. I believe he's going to come back into the centres, mm, yep. which, you know, Rocco Berry and Pompey did a good job this year, but they, they don't really strike fear into me as an opposing fan. But having Roger Tuovasa-Shek out there, I think would potentially create a, a, a little bit of that free points X factor kind of option on, on the edge. Um, they already have a very good pack. Um, yeah, adding RTS to that squad, you're right, is going to be nothing but good things, especially since you're not potentially if they put him in at centre. And I don't see why you wouldn't with Chance playing so well at fullback, how that's not going to, hey, you come in, you stay in your side, you be our X factor out there. Mm. I think that's yeah. I think that's a pretty good call. Um, I guess their pack going to be another year together, gelling together. Uh, Sean Johnson, I guess, is the big question mark for me. He's thirty three. I guess he'll be thirty four next year. And yeah. while I would suggest he had one of his best seasons this year because he really seemed to tick those boxes as far as a kicking game, control. Control is a word you continually heard used around Sean Johnson this year. Um, I'm never really sure if a halfback's going to be able to maintain that when after one season, whether they be 23, 33 or whatever, 
that's the first year he's really shown that control across a full season. Can he do it again? That's yeah. a big question. Yeah. And I think he stayed relatively, relatively. I know he had an injury late. Yeah, calf, I yeah. think. Yeah. But if injuries start to creep in, mm. that becomes another issue. So th- that's the worrying thing for me. If I put you on the spot like I am going to at the moment, <laughs> will they be better? So they finished third Fourth. this year. Fourth, did fourth, they? Yeah. Finished fourth this year. Will they make the top four again next year? Uh, and if so, will they win a premiership? I, I don't have them as a contender. I, I would probably have them somewhere sort of in between third and seventh in in that little bracket there, mm. all things sort of going well. Obviously injuries, that sort of thing are unpredictable. But how about yourself? Uh, a lot's going to come down to the draw for me. Uh, they had a really good draw, um, especially heading home. Mm. Um, the last six or seven rounds, they, they were like Newcastle. They went on a really long winning streak to finish the year. But we sort of looked at their draw with about eight rounds to go and we went, oh, they're going to win every single one of those games. Yeah. It was that that good a type of draw. Yeah. Um, so even little things went their way as well. They played Parramatta. And Parramatta at this stage had won five in a row. Yeah. But Cleary went down and Mitch Moses was picked for Origin. Dylan Brown um, had his off-field incident and he was suspended. Reg was picked. <laughs> Super Sub Gutho. Super Sub Gutho who got three <laughs> minutes was picked. Like, you know, and they were far too good for Parramatta and may well have beaten them if Parramatta was full strength. But, I mean, that's the type of year they yeah. had with. And, got you know, the Cowboys the, twice before they... Got yeah, on that little run. The foot, the football gods probably owed the Warriors and the Warriors fans that, considering the last three or four years they've for had sure. and what they did for the game. But if you're sitting there going, "Oh, they finished fourth with that sort of a run, with a great draw, with things falling their way," oh, I, it worries me whether they're going to have to make sure they get two steps better to make sure they just stay the same. Yeah. So even if they're just one step better. They might drop off a little bit because you can't and, – and they didn't have gushes of injuries and suspensions as well. I mean, Murata Nekore chucked in. He's taken <laughs> three or four weeks as he does. He <laughs> might as well just bang, get them out of the road at the beginning of the year. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so my gut feeling is that they'll drop off and they'll be fighting for, you know, somewhere between 10th and 6th uh, place. That's what I think. But, yeah, we'll know more when uh, we see what the draw is and things like yeah, that. Yeah, that'll, that'll play a big factor. Yeah. Uh, Andrew Webster, what, what a year. Well done. Fantastic effort. Uh, can we move on to the grand final now? So how excited are you, the uh, Broncos? I'm excited. I'm, I'm nervous, but I think mostly excited. Um, it's been a tough few years from us coming back from our wooden spoon. I, I never, ever thought that we would reach those lows, but we did, and it was a oh, real... Oh, sorry, real hang on, Grego's in. <laughs> Look, I'll have to disagree with that. Oh, well, they did get the wooden spoon, mate. I mean, you know, like I understand. <laughs> anyway, I mean, that's kicking someone while they're down, but no, no, no worries about that. Uh, yeah, so, yeah, you, just, you certainly came back from... Um, what, Wooden Spoon 2020? 2020, 2021, I think we might have been like about 14th in a 16-team comp, so it wasn't a whole lot better. Yep. Yeah, so um, 
And then last year there was that obviously um, the fade, the fade at the end of the year where you had a really really nice season, and then you fell away in the last oh off the top of my head six seven weeks, and the knives were out for Kevy, and within the playing group as well there was that um, podcast which um, where Selwyn had a go at him, and then there was um, Tyson Gamble who left the club had another chop at him as well, to do what he has done to bring you back uh, has been really, really something quite special. Yeah, for sure. Uh, what are the big – where's the big improvements this year come? Um, well, the Adam Reynolds signing was huge. Like we, we, we had these raw shoots of, you know, talented athletes but maybe not so much the football smarts within the side and, and that was a big turning point for us. But I think Kevy's just reinstilled – that Broncos identity within within the group. So he's brought the old boys back in. He's sort of shown them what it means to be a Bronco. Mm. And they've got that arrogance about them that, you know, the great Broncos sides of the 90s had, mm. Kevy's sides. Yep. You hear Kevy speak, he... He gushes. Yeah, you'd, you'd put money on them if you were just going off Kevy. Yeah, and... And that's true. Look, I, 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 it's not often you put it down to one player and there's been improvement in your side. I think whether this player came or not, you still would have improved from ninth position, which you finished last year. But Reese Walsh, uh. he, he has taken you from fighting for a top, um, maybe fighting for a top four spot to a genuine premiership Thread. He is an absolute superstar. Yeah, well, when, when we talk about football sometimes amongst ourselves, we talk about free points and mm. you get him just out the back. There might not be much going on. And just with his sheer pace, he makes the opposition nervous and they might panic and jam in. They might just hang off him a little bit too far and he's through. Yep. Uh, so, some of his... There are faster plays in the comp, I imagine, over 100 metres. I think about someone like Saab, um, maybe even someone like Mitch Moses, who's very quick, might get him over 100 metres or something like that. But I don't think anyone gets to top pace, that pure acceleration, as quick as he does. Like yeah. some of the turns of pace he showed in last night's game. The Billy Walters try where I think Flegler offloaded it and it got to Mam. Yep. And... Walsh, uh, Walsh was about 10 metres behind the play standing and he just immediately just hit top pace, it seemed, and Mam just popped it to him and he was through. It was just yep. it was amazing from the front angle. Like, it was just... Mm, definitely. What a year from Brisbane. One more to go and uh, it's going to be a hell of a match. But going through some t- other talking points, um, look, who's going to win and why? Um, well, if you're putting your house on it, you'd, you'd have to go with Penrith, like... Their, their consistency is just something I've never seen. Like, you, you could almost count the amount of games they've lost over the last um, four years on your fingers, and most of them you could attribute some sort of reason to. Yep, so, for instance, uh, state of origin, yeah. representative duty, Nathan Cleary getting sent off. <laughs> Throwing a game because you've already got the minor premiership locked up. Yep, things like that. Yeah, so... Yeah, look, I can – it's a weird one for me. I can picture the Broncos winning. I can picture how they would do it. I can picture um, 
Reese Walsh having an absolute stormer and getting the Clive Churchill medal. But if somebody said, oh, no, you're not betting, um, you know, $50 on it, you're betting your life on it, I'd be going Penrith. Yeah. Yeah, that's probably the most likely scenario. And I just think the reason why is because they're going to – they're just ultra consistent. You know what they're going to bring and they're big game players. They're not going to crack. Yeah. So uh, it's going to be interesting. If the Broncos are to win, how are they going to do it? Look, I'm a Parramatta fan, so this is going to sound incredibly biased, but the stats will tell you over the last four years the only team who has consistently giving, given Penrith trouble, whether it was this year when they weren't – playing anywhere near their best, where they won both their matches against Penrith or whether it was last year in their grand final year, the team that has given Parramatta the most um, trouble has been Parramatta. And I think if I was Brisbane, I would be looking at how Parramatta had done that because I think not only can they do it, they've got the tools to actually do it better. So my opinion on it is that Parramatta do it by um, they absorb early, don't let the lead blow out. A couple of the games they've actually gone behind that they've won. Then once momentum starts to get their way, they start poking their head through the line, they start offloading then and they create that second phase. And that second phase, people say, oh, second phase plays, it troubles Penrith. It troubles everyone. Yeah. But you have to do it against Penrith if you've got the skill set. The Broncos have the skill set. The difference between Parramatta and the Broncos is they've also got these absolute free points, as you put it, where they're going to be able to capitalise on it like no other team in the competition. If they're to win, those things, coupled with an unbelievable effort and desperation in defence, that's how they're going to get it done for mine. Yeah, well, if, if Brisbane just try and go into their shells and just try and get in a battle of attrition with Penrith, they won't come close. That's, that's not what they've done well this year. What they've done well is playing a little bit ad lib eyes up football. So they, they need to go after it, like you said. Mm. Um, offloads, just playing what you see, just um, throwing something a little bit different at them. Because if you throw the same things at them that they're used to doing, their systems just will shut it down every single time. Yeah. Uh, uh, so, yeah, I don't see Brisbane going into their shell. The, the mistake I can potentially see them making is trying to get that second phase play, that offload play happening before they've earned the right. Yeah. And that's that's a real challenge. Look, I'll throw um, something a little bit left field out there. I mean, most professionals would probably tell you it's another game, keep things the same. But it's a huge game. It's a big game. And I think to myself, who... Who's a, um, a coach out there, a professional, who's had the most success against um, Penrith and who Kevy could give a call to? He's not going to call up Brad Arthur because <laughs> although I said Parramatta have been successful against Penrith, it hasn't been in big games where all the beer and Skittles were on the line. Billy Slater. Yeah. Penrith players, Nathan Cleary, Luai, uh Etc. Yo have been littered through that New South Wales team for the last couple of years, and Billy Slater has been able to shut down their effectiveness. Yeah, maybe maybe it's worth a call from Kevy just to get some ideas. I'm not suggesting he has him in the box. I'm just suggesting that maybe that's what I'd be doing. 
Yeah, well, the only time I've seen some of those players lose their head and make panic decisions and throw silly offloads coming off their try line has been, unfortunately for you, in a sky blue jersey. Mm. Haven't seen it happen in the, the black jersey. No, no. Um, yeah. Yep, and I was bitter about it as well. Don't <laughs> worry about that. So, yeah, there could be some merit to that. And Billy's worked pretty closely with Reese Walsh. Um, I'd certainly I think he'd benefit from a bit of consult this week with Billy. Definitely. A um, couple of other talking points. Luai on his shoulder. Seen to pull up all right. Seen to do his job. Probably a little bit less effective, a little bit less energetic than he, than he has been. But he'll yeah. be there grand final day. Yeah, got a, got a bit of an early mark, but didn't seem too bothered by it. Seemed to be moving pretty freely, tackling. Yeah, just... Cogger's got to be on the bench? <clears throat> I think so. I mm. think so. I think so. You've got to you've got to have cover for Luai, but he, he played a couple of games at hooker as well, so if they want to do a little bit of that hooker rotation, yeah. th- they've got that option as well. So I think that's a no-brainer. And he's, he's had a good season, deserves his spot. Um, so we, we've spoken about the contrasting styles. Um, now, the riff, Penrith. Uh, if they do win, and they'll go in favourites, I'd imagine, uh, are they the greatest team ever? Um, cert- certainly in the modern era, in the salary cap era. Like, it, it's not as though this team hasn't been picked apart um, mm. year after year. You know, you, you go back to, like, 2020, Tamo was there. They lost um, Capewell. They've lost Api Corusau. Um, Billy Army Kickow. Billy Army Kickow. Yep. Um, Naden. Um, Burton. Burton. Like. And even next year, they're losing uh, Spencer Lino and they're losing um, yeah, Crichton. Crichton. So, yeah. you know, it's just the, the drain just keeps happening. And it will continue to happen and they just keep going and going and going. Yeah, I agree. Like, you can't compare teams across eras. Like, um, a couple of my uncles would tell you that the 11-year premiership reign of St. George, like, is the greatest of all time, where I think they had four immortals playing in the team. And that's a fair enough point as well. Uh, You know, my old man would tell you the Parramatta team of the 80s, um, three premierships in a row. Uh, five grand finals in six years and four premierships. Uh, unbelievable side. Uh, Canberra, the Broncos of the 90s. Melbourne Storm of the last 20 years. Even some Manly supporters would talk about uh, the Manly team that made four, four grand finals in six years or seven years and yeah. and a couple of premierships as well during um, the first um, 15 or 10, 15 years of um, this century was a great team as well. So, but yeah, doing what they're doing in this era, they've got to be right up there in the conversation, don't they? And there's not really any signs of it letting up. Like, you, you take Crichton and Lenu out, I still think they're a top two side next year. Um, I, I've heard Gus Gould say they could, they could win six premierships in a mm. row and it's, it's hard to debate that at the moment. Like, it's obviously very hard to do, but they yeah. seem hungry. They're, they're so fit. Yeah. Um, it's, um, it's interesting, isn't it? And, you know, you, you talk about that Melbourne team um, of the, you know, last 20 years and you think about the players that they had come through there and their success um, and Cameron Smith, Billy Slater, Greg Inglis, Cooper Cronk, um, Israel Folau, players like that. And 
you know, four of those players you would consider potential immortals, a couple are just guaranteed. What a great Penrith team, but Cleary's the only one who's going to be anywhere near that status, isn't he? Yeah, so they're, just a, they're a great team. That's right. right. It's, a, it's unbelievable from that perspective. Yeah. Um, now, final one, final little point for us. Um, if the Broncos are to get up, is this the beginning of a Brisbane dynasty? Um, well, I think maybe you should flick to Grego on that one. Do, do we have reception? Uh, I don't know if we've got reception at the moment. Uh, we might have. Grego, what do you think? Is this the beginning of a Brisbane dynasty? Oh, absolutely. Now, Grego, don't tell your team short. I mean, you know, they, they should be able to stop the Broncos, shouldn't they? Look, I'll have to disagree with that. Right. Jeez, this cruise is... I don't know what's going on there. What are they putting in the drinks? What are they putting in the drinks? Anyway, mate, I've lost him again. You just relax. You just enjoy yourself because I'm starting to get a little bit worried. But anyway, so. Yeah, any talk of a Brisbane dynasty, very, very premature. Like we've got some talent in our side. We've got some young talent in our side. But the crucial piece of the puzzle is 33 years old and... Replacing him will be key going forward. Yeah, certainly will, certainly will. You're right, and, you know, 12 months ago, um, people might have been talking about the beginning of a Cowboys uh, dynasty as well. Yeah, So things change quickly. Things change pretty quickly. Uh, yeah, so uh, usually right now we go to match of the round. Uh, your match of the round coming up this week? Um, I'm, I'm going to go to the NRL grand final. Oh, yeah, fair call, fair call. Yeah, I'm ready to jump on board. <laughs> I'm ready to jump on board that one cracker. as well. It should be a cracker, just two contrasting styles. Yeah, should yeah. be an absolute ripper, and I hope it um, uh, is an absolute, just for the fans, an absolute ripper. Let's get stuck in. Any other footy points? Um, nothing that comes to mind. How about yourself? Ah, uh, no, it's just, uh, I love grand final day. I love getting the barbecue on, love sitting around with a couple of beers, watching the early grades all the way through. NRLW final, Gold Coast versus Newcastle, is not yeah, yeah, yeah. The Roosters, I think, were the red hot favourites, um, for, for the title, but, um, Gold Coast upset them today. Second year in a row, I think that happened. 12-0, I believe. Mm, second year in a row, I think that happened. Yeah, I think um, yeah. Parramatta NRLW team knocked him out last year in the same same match. Yeah. Yeah, so, uh, yeah. So. Who's your tip in that one? Are to go past Newcastle? Yeah, um, T- Tamika Upton, she, I-, I wish she still played for the Broncos. She, mm. She's something else. And they look like they've got, like, the, the next gun female halfback in Je- Jessie Southwell. She's, mm. she's, she's 18, isn't she? I think she's 18, yeah. It's ridiculous. She's going to be a player. Yeah. Oh, she is in the moment. But yeah, she already is. Like, she just controls the game. Her goal kicking today, like, just nailing him from the sideline, that was the difference. It was five tries apiece. Yeah, wow. Right, well, look, let's um leave the footy there. Hope everyone has a fantastic grand final week. And um, from this household's perspective, up the Broncos. Broncos. Up the Broncos. And... Um, <laughs> Now, moving on, stream of the week. Should we get into it? Yep, let's do it. Righty-o, listeners, we have uh, jumped into a little bit of something different. Me and Gregor have been on the um, sporting bandwagon, the untold series over the last couple of weeks. But we've decided, uh, Jade and I have decided to jump on something a little bit different and we've, uh, we've gone a little bit in the sitcom mould, haven't we? What have we, had, what have we landed on? Um, Brooklyn Nine-Nine. 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 
I think, I think sometimes it's just good to, to go back to something that's just a, a bit of a favourite and you can just you just sit down and just enjoy it. Hmm. Um, yeah, so it, it, it's a story of um, a police precinct, obviously, in Brooklyn, the 99th Precinct, and uh, Andy... Uh, Sandberg. Sandberg. He plays the lead role, Jake Peralta, in it, and basically he's the um, protagonist of the series and er- most of the stories fill out around him but the cast in it's absolutely fantastic yeah. isn't it terry cruz he's yeah. one of my favorites and um i can't remember off the top of my head the name of um uh, charles boyle the he's joe. joe he's got like maybe like an italian surname mm. i can't can't remember how exactly what it is let's go with joe joe yep. he, he's excellent he's yeah, yeah so it's um uh the first i think it goes for seven seasons and the first three are Absolute crackers, brilliant. Yeah. Uh, the last couple are a little bit political, yeah. Let's just say they're trying to tick every box, and they pretty much do. But do yourself <laughs> a favor if you haven't seen this show, it's an absolute ripper. You got to go and see Brooklyn Nine now. Uh, you got to go watch Brooklyn Nine Nine. I think it's on Netflix. Netflix, yeah. The, the cold opens alone, yeah. Some of them they're just unreal. What's your favorite uh, episode? Favorite episode? Oh, you put me on the spot here. My favorite episode would have to be the one where they're doing the lineup, oh, and yep. there's a lady in there who's trying to identify the person who's murdered her brother, and she says, "I um, uh, I didn't get to, I didn't get to see his face, but he was singing Backstreet Boys song. What, what song was it? I want it that way. I want it that way. So they got um each member of the lineup to sing, um, I want it that way. And um, then she identified the killer through that. It's a cracking segment. If you uh, at least YouTube that, yeah, yeah. So uh, if you're looking for something that's a little bit more, I suppose, chill, something to uh, watch to go just before you go to bed. Uh, nine nine. Now, Greg and I did Seinfeld a little while back, and um, I suppose. Um, I wouldn't put it up there with Seinfeld because Seinfeld is one of the greatest series of all time, but um, oh, it, it's on the next level below. So, yeah. and that's not a knock on a TV series, is it? It's got that rewatchability factor, um, like Seinfeld. Yeah, like you could, I, I could watch it over and over again. I just think it's hilarious. Yep, definitely, and that is a big tick. So, if you had to give it out of ten, what would you rate it? Go a nine, I reckon. A nine, a, a nine, nine for nine, nine. Yes, a nine for nine. Oh, that's just. A yes, well done to you. <laughs> Nailed it. Uh, look, you know, um, I, I'd probably go a, a, an eight and a half out of ten. A very wise man once told me, "Never give a ten. Once you give a ten, um, people stop. Tr- uh, people stop trying." So I give it an eight and a half out of ten. I definitely recommend um, watching Brooklyn Nine Nine. All right, so. Um, might jump into the footy now. What do you think? Let's do it. And off to the football, ladies and gentlemen. Um, as always, we've got our fabulous guests here, Cozzy and Berta, to take us through all things football, and it has been an absolutely enormous week. Cozzy, Berta, welcome, and uh, how are you going this week, Berta? I'm good, Potty. 
thanks for having me once again. Um, yeah, going well. Been a busy, busy week at the um, at the ranch here. I'm taking on a bit of a grass turf project, so there's been lots of uh, days out in the sun, trying to um, trying to make the new magic work. But mm-hmm. um, apart from that, enjoying holidays. Oh, there's nothing to nothing to hate about holidays. And what about you, Cosy? You must be stoked with the pies getting through the other night as well, mate. Yeah, mate, it was a nail biter um, Friday night, but. The result was there in the end. You've only got to win by one point, that's for sure. It doesn't matter how many you win by, as long as you win. So it was a bit nerve-wracking. Um, it was I was kicked out of the lounge room a couple of times, but uh, in the end, all good. Been all there. Good. Been there. And, uh, yeah, and I know Grego would um, uh, be stoked to have you back. As, oh, hang on. I, I've just got him coming through. Grego, you stoked to have the boys here? Sorry about that, ladies and gentlemen. It, it, there's something going on over there, boys. He's been off his game. He's just been throwing out some stuff that's really random, and I, I'm not sure what's going on. He might still be there. Jesus, Greg, mate, what is happening on that cruise? Oh, He's the uh, floating RSL club. It's, it's getting to him, isn't it? He's, he's maybe had a few light beers by the sound of it. Yep, he's with the old girls. It sounds like it. It sounds like it's absolutely crazy times over there. But we need to leave that alone for the moment and we need to get on to uh, all things football. And we'll start with the European football news. So um, uh, Champions League, match day one results. Some interesting results there. What do you think, Cosy? Yeah, so um, Arsenal looked pretty good. I was really happy with the way... They played beating PSV, um, Eindhoven. Um, PSV have gone the last 12 games unbeaten, so that was that was good to see that Arsenal were pretty comfortable in dispatching them, and there was a, a draw in the other game in the group, so it's a really good start. Uh, a draw in the other game. What game was Um It's not on the run sheet. Oh, yep. I'm testing my memory. Sorry. Not sure. Yep, sorry about that, mate. Yep, threw you under the bus, but... Um... Yeah, well, there were some other uh, there were some other interesting results there. Uh, the one that stood out to me was uh, Newcastle getting a draw, and you know we all know why that was strange, yeah. um, don't we? Uh, yeah, that was that was a big result. Yeah, well, if we can't yeah. remember, I'm going to say duck egg. I am going to say duck egg for Newcastle on their group stage. Awesome. Okay. Yeah, so that was Berta last week. Yep. Uh, yeah. Predicting the big duck head. Um, yeah, I mean, we all get them wrong, don't we? Look, I, I, I finally, I want to take it as a, as a positive. Like, every member of this esteemed podcast so far, like Toddy, you just mentioned you gave yourself penis of the week for, you know, blatant theft of information. Mm. We all know about Gregson and the Erling Haaland thing, prediction, and Costa, well... You know, he threw it out there. The West Ham haven't spent a dollar. Then all of a sudden, they go on a spending spree. So now I feel like I finally belong now, having having put my the odd foot in the mouth. So and you went down swinging. Part of the club. You went down swinging. I mean, especially especially after your Brighton call at the end of uh, the beginning of the year, which is just coming up trumps at the moment. Oh, that's yeah, that that Brighton, they're, they're cruising. But um, look, full credit to Newcastle. They played. The exact game I thought they'd play, but they, yeah, enough to sneak a draw, sneak a point in a in a, in a tough group. Um, I still don't think they'll go on. I still don't think they'll make the the um, groups that are the finals. But um, yeah, 
good to good to see them back in the Champions League. But uh, yeah, I think that'll be as far as they go this year. The, the group stages. Mm, yep, uh, could well be right. And other results, uh, United went down. Yeah, that was a heartbreaker um, for United. They were down two nil, got one back. You know, things looked pretty good, but then Harry Kane stepped up with a penalty um, to make it three one. I think then oh, right in the last minutes, Casemiro scored with about two minutes to go. Once again, give Manchester United fans a little bit of hope, 3-2. But then two minutes later, another Bayern goal, 4-2 down. So what do they do? Yep, no time left on the clock. How about we score another one, Manchester United, 4-3. So to go down 4-3, they went down swinging, but um, I've seen better swinging at swingers' parties. So oh. they're going to struggle. Yep, <laughs> and uh, quite frankly, just not good enough, Grego. Yeah, thought so, thought so. <laughs> Very agreeable just, tonight. Just on that Manchester United game, it, it's starting to become a bit of a trend with um, Onana making uh, mistakes. Uh, it's, it's almost won a game at the moment where he'll, he'll cost his team big time. And for, the, for what was tipped to be the signing of the season, the way he's playing at the moment, they're actually missing David De Gea. Yeah, he, um, he, he was brought in for his... Um, uh, work on the ball, wasn't he? Like his distribution yeah. and, and that play at the back. Maybe, you know, I don't know, maybe he should start using his feet instead of trying to use his hands because he might have some better results that way. Yeah, well, he's yeah using his hands at the moment and, and that just off his trying to be too, too clever with his feet is where the mistakes are coming. He just needs to go back to basics realise that he's a goalkeeper and then let everything happen from there. But at the moment, they'd just be absolutely kicking themselves, the, the Red Devils, because he's just not playing anywhere near his transfer fee. Yeah, things certainly not going their way at the moment. And, um, yeah, City also um, went through quite well, uh, 3-1, against the team that we all struggled to pronounce last week, except for you, Berta, who nailed it. So can I throw you under the bus with that one? Zavenia Zaveza. Oh, mate, that is just beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. They actually led that game for at, at one stage. They were up 1-0, and then City finally decided they'd do something about it. But, um, yeah, the old Serbian champions, good on them. Yeah, uh, well, and, um, you know, hung in there. But, you know, over to um, uh, other matches. So Real Madrid also had a win, and... Um, uh, PSG as well had a win uh, so um, those were some of the big matches anything else on um, the Champions League boys? No no I think um, just pointing out there um, Real Madrid had their 1-0 victory against Union Berlin from Germany mm. um, many of our more knowledgeable listeners might know that Union Berlin are very a very famous club in Germany Um they, um, as you might know, they the Germans they have their winter break, so over over December they they have a break for a few weeks. But Union Berlin actually hosts a Christmas carols concert at their stadium, and they have over thirty thousand people turn up for Christmas carols. So that's one of the unique things about Union Berlin for you, there, Potty. Oh, mate, that was yeah, that was fantastic. Great stuff. Just on those fans too, they, the, the stadium was once, I, I think it was Union Berlin, I want to say it was, 
they were in dire, dire need of a um, upgrade to their stadium, and obviously the, the budget had const- um, constraints. So the fans held a working beat, like I don't know, twenty five hundred or something fans showed up to to the stadium and conducted a working beat to carry out the upgrade to the to the stadium. I believe it was Union Berlin. Cosy, is that? Does that sound right? Oh, I think they went out and rounded up bricks from some old walls that had fallen down around the place. So yeah, yeah, that's, well, that's a good wall too. Yeah, they would have had plenty of bricks. <laughs> yeah. Well, if they're after a really good stadium that might not be used for top-flight football for very long, I might know one. <laughs> <sighs> but no, let's not be down on the toffees this week. Let's not be down on the toffees this no, week. No, no. I'll, I'll um I'll get into that a little bit later. Oh. Get the gunpowder dry. That's it, mate. That's it. Uh, Europa, Berta. I mean, Liverpool. Strength to strength. Yeah, went through the gears once again, like as we should in the Europa League, like for God's sake. With our roster, we should be winning games bigger than 3-1. But, yep, fell behind early. Needed to get kicked in the ass again and then went through the gears in the second half to comfortably win 3-1. Um, everyone did what they needed to do in the second half. The big stars came on and they, and, and they won the game. So pretty happy with that. Good to see Brighton. No, actually Brighton. I remember, no, they lost. That was their first. Uh, <laughs> no, no, no. I was thinking about the Premier. I jumped ahead to the Premier League this morning. But no, they lost, which was a surprise. The way they've been going, uh, they were heavy favourites to, to win that one. But they um, they went down. And the other game was West Ham. They come from behind as well and had to do it the hard way, but managed to get get the chocolates there. And I'll, yeah, this one's for you, Cozzy, I think. I'll let you take this one. Oh, I think this one was set up for uh, Potty to read out, but um, you've given it away. I think, it. I think this, this is a Greg, Gregson landmine left in the run sheet that uh, didn't go off. So. Yeah. Uh, for the listeners at home, uh, Roma two, North South United one. So there was a, a bit of a bit of a landmine planted there for John Podesta to read out yep. um, in the run sheet, but it didn't quite go off. No. So we had to skip that one. But I've got. I also want to just have a quick talk about. I'm, I'm, we're branching outside Europa League. We're branching outside Premier League. But did you? Did anyone on the podcast catch the Juventus match on the weekend at all? No, can't say I did. No, didn't no? catch it. Well, I'm, I'm going to put it out there, and it might be a little bit controversial, and I know that people in the back room at the podcast will be um, scrambling after I say this, but I think match fixing is alive and well in, in Italy at the moment. Like, if you've caught this game on the weekend, there were some defensive howlers. There were some goals in this game that you just watch this game and think, there is no way that that player is not on the tape. For example, and, and unfortunately, it's an ex-Arsenal goalkeeper at the centre of these these big question marks. So um, I don't know whether you remember uh, Wojnek Szczesny. Oh, I think beautiful I'll, I'll get to that. Yeah. So a couple of times, one of them was an abs- a, shock, a, a shot that's come straight at him. He's jumped up in the air, dropped it over the line, but went between his legs and across the goal line. It was like, Harder to go in the, for the ball to go in than to miss. 
But the the one that really just I shook my head at there was uh, I think it was their third goal. Sasula, it was the scoreline was Sasula for Juventus two, and I think it was the third goal. It might have even been the final Sasula goal. It was the final one, yeah. So once again, Shesney's out near the corner post, passes it to his defender in the middle of the field, and then the defender kicks the ball back to him, but. Forgets he's at the corner post, thinks he's in the goals, kicks it straight in the goals, and and Snezny's nowhere to be found. And I'm just watching that going. There's some money changing hands here. The, <laughs> the, referee, the referees don't need to fix this one, boys. We've got it covered. So do yourself a favour, listeners. If you get the chance, have a look at the howlers in that game. It was incredible. It sounds like the way Juventus have been playing for the last two years. <laughs> They've been absolutely shocking. Maybe well, what's up. Maybe you watch the highlights tape from Andre Nana or something like that. Um, mm. Yeah, but um, haven't they fallen from grace? Juventus, wow, that's um, a former European powerhouse <laughs> now, yeah. now match fixing to, to lose games. Yeah, wow. Anyway, fall from grace. Indeed, indeed. So uh, that takes us through the um, uh, uh, European news, boys. Thank you very much. Um, Let's get into uh, match day six. So uh, Palace, nil all with Fulham. Uh, Luton and uh, Wolves, one all. Uh, City beat Forest were two nil, I think. Yep. Uh, Brentford and Everton. Oh, let's just stew on this just for a little bit. 3-1 to the Toffees. Yes, 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 yes. First W of the season, boys. I was pretty happy about that one. Um, and uh, I'll come back to that a little bit later on. Uh, United got Burnley done 1-0. Arsenal and Spurs, Cozzy, 2-all. Uh, you obviously caught that match. Yeah, saw a fair bit of it this morning um, before leaving for holidays. It was, uh, yeah, it was, an, it was a good game to watch. Um, we, are we talking about it now, or do you want to keep going with results? What are we... Mate, jump into it, jump into it. Jump into it. Um Happy, I guess so. You know, like it was, it was one of those games that the the goals were scrappy. Like no team deserved to win it. I don't think. I don't think either side. And I hate, you know, it pains me to say that. But you know, neither team was was good for a three points in this match. And and that also means that neither team deserved to lose it as well. Like they both pressed and they both pushed. You, you know, oh yeah, you've got to give it to Tottenham. They came out and played. I hate saying that. Um, but, um, yeah, Andrew's got them set up really, really well. And, and their captain's on. Like, he's a player, you know. Like, he uh, – I wish we had him up front for us, you know. We'd be we'd be flogging Tottenham 8-0, like um, some other results on the weekend. Oh. But overall, pretty good. couple of question marks out of the game, like with Declan Rice going off half-time injured. Calf injury, was it? Yeah, well, I'm not sure whether it was a calf or a back I was reading earlier, so we'll have to wait and see. That adds to Martinelli. Rice has um, gone to pudding. Well, <laughs> yeah, so there's a couple of injury worries there um, going on for Arsenal now. They're starting to add up. With, and the Gunners don't have a big squad. They've only got a, you know, it's a fairly trim squad. So, um, you know, there's, there's five big players now on that injury list. So, what they do have, though, is they do have quality coming in, which is good in, in certain positions. So hopefully they'll be able to cover those areas that missing those players. 
Uh, yeah, I um. So I watched the highlights to it. Uh, the Spurs scored. Uh, what was it? Two goals in about. Um, was it ten or eleven minutes or something like that, Cosy? And they they scored about a minute after you guys took the lead. Yeah, they scored just before half time. Yep. Um, and then Arsenal scored about ten minutes after sec- into the second half, and and yeah, it was about a minute later. Tottenham went down the other end and uh, scored. Almost too easy that one. It was, and, and um, there was a bit of a bit of media conjecture. Um, I think um, James Madison Madison was saying that um, he was he was still Bakri uh, Sako was doing the goal celebration, mocking him, and he was still doing it when Tottenham scored. That's how quick it was. So when uh, Saka was doing his celebration, like it was. Tottenham were basically running down the other end and scoring themselves. So it was so quickly after that second Arsenal goal. And, and 10 minutes into the second half, scoring to go 2-1 up, I think they would have felt pretty comfortable from there And because the game was going their way, but Tottenham just just stayed in it, kept throwing punches right to the end. Yeah, so uh, splitting the points, not the results you wanted, but uh, if on the balance of uh, the football god, you think that was uh, the fair result? Yeah, mm. unfortunately. Yes. <laughs> uh, well, moving on then. Uh, Brighton three uh, one over Bournemouth. Uh, Villa one nil over Chelsea. Berta three one over West Ham. The Liverpool. Yeah, made made sweeter by um, Kelly Antonio came out midweek and and said that they hit that absolutely flogged Liverpool and um, they they're going to finish above them this year in the in the league. Um, so a pretty stupid thing to say coming to Anfield, I might, I might add. But um, yeah, once again, we we started average. Allison saved us, um, quite literally. Um, and then we got a, a nice nice penalty, gave away the lead before half time. Then once again, we go in. Um, Jurgen hits reset. You know they obviously. The wind dies down, as Grego would say, or the or the pitch gets watered, or, or you know something like that. And then they came out and just went through the gears. It was an absolute beautiful goal. Alexis McAllister chipped over the top, and Darwin Nunes took it midair and flicked it just past the keeper with his oh, right foot. A sensational goal. Wouldn't have gone in for him last year. So, um, yeah, since since uh, I found this out the other day that since we went on our um, Last year, when we were miles away from the Champions League, we, we went on a bit of a win streak and had a couple of draws. And I think that we're up to like 16 or 17 games now unbeaten. Like, draws are in that. But in the Premier League, there's, yeah, we're on a streak of 16 or 17 games where we haven't had a loss. So, um, yeah, things, things are going well. Sit second in the league behind Man City. Obviously, still have to play all the all the big guns. Um, we've got Tottenham this weekend. That'll be interesting, especially at Tottenham Stadium. Um, Manchester United. That's an easy win. We normally average, you know, as six one, seven one, something like that win. So you chalk that up as three. Um, that's probably recorded for the podcast now, so that can come back to bite them in the ass, no doubt. But whatever. Yeah. So things are things are going well. Um, new signings making the difference. Um, Gregson's, Gregson's man with the small feet. He's he's a, he's running this 
uh, running the joint, Dominic Silverfly. He's probably uh, one of the best signings we've, we've made in a long time. So, yeah, pretty happy at the, at the red end of Merseyside. Yeah, and then um, Newcastle, uh, 8-0 over Sheffield United. Woo! Mm. Some, I was going to watch the highlights. I just didn't have time. Yeah, that was a fantasy dream for most of us because we've all got a couple of Newcastle players in our team. So I don't think, you know, everyone got on the score sheet with an assist or a goal or whatever. So, yeah. So yeah. all well. I think um, that it'll come up in my um, headline of the week a little bit later, but it was a yeah pretty damning result. Yeah. I- Absolute, um, yeah, absolute bloodbath there. I was looking through for a red card and um, or, or something, but no, nothing, no, nothing, no. nothing to even save him. Anyway, it was like Sheffield was still disappointed from the Tottenham Tottenham display and just did not, they didn't come out like they were there, but they weren't there. It mm. was, yeah, very weird game. Very weird indeed. Okay, so uh, headline of the week. So uh, Grego insisted that I just um, put through his headline of the week before he went. <laughs> Early Harlan was struggling. I'm telling you, it's not just going to you know, adapt to the Premier League. It's a different game over there. Come on, mate. You've been through this. We've done this, Grego, mate. Come on, mate. It's You've a broken just... record now. It's a broken <laughs> record, mate. He's not struggling. He's doing well. Let it go. All right. Sorry about that, boys. He insisted. All right. We'll press on. Uh, headline of the week, Cozzy. Yeah, my headline of the week is the things nightmares are made of. And it goes back to the Sheffield United-Newcastle game. So an 8-0 result, it's, it's dour for Sheffield United at the moment. You know, to lose 8-0 at home, it, it's not just on the table that um, this this result affects it. It's the home fans. You know, they're the, guy, the people that are turning up week after week, paying their hard-earned to walk into their own stadium and get belted 8-0. It's, it's really a nightmare result. Yeah, um, even the most loyal fan would be thinking about t- tearing up the season ticket. Yeah, they're... You know, there hasn't been that many blokes score at Sheffield United since the uh, local brothel had a two-for-one deal. So, <laughs> so you know, it, it's pretty bad. Um, the the way they played, they played, they had a fair bit of the ball. They they passed it around, but it just doesn't look good for them. And and you know, they're going to struggle. They're sitting um, bottom of the table, um, one point for six games. They're equal with Luton and Burnley, but you know this result is really a really the coffin that they're closing the lid on the. Co- I hate to say it, but we're six games into the season, but they they've got the lid on the coffin nearly already. Yeah, wow. I mean, yeah, that early in the season, I guess you do feel for the fans. As someone whose uh, team is down that end of the table, you know. Any team we can climb over, um, you know, you, you just got to be happy with. Does that sound a bit bitter? But sorry, but yeah, yeah. So you're like the um, the car that comes driving along behind the car that runs over the roadkill. Is that what you mean? Everton's that car, hey. like the second one that drives over the roadkill. It was already dead, so it doesn't matter. So I'll just keep driving over. Hey, mate, seventeenth spot. I'll, I'll take it. 
15th at the moment. 15th, mate. Come on. Come on. But I mean, Line at the end of the day, as, as long as I'm not 18th, 19th or 20th, I'll be um, happy as a pig in mud. Cosy, I've just got to say, tonight, so far, the summary, the highlights of you include mentioning the Berlin Wall, mentioning brothels, and, and, now, and now mentioning uh, hit and runs. You've, <laughs> you've hit a holiday mode, mate, or something. I'd well, like to thank our sponsors, Bilson, <laughs> Must Vodka. <laughs> For coming on board tonight, uh, you, you, you must get one. <laughs> oh, oh, God. Beautiful, oh. beautiful. Uh, Berta, your headline, mate. Right off the back of Cozzy, um, I thought he was going to do what you did to me last week in fantasy there, but not quite. No. Um, just Yeah, it just goes to show that it's it's not okay to have a bad day in the Premier League. Like, uh, as mentioned, you can go down 8 0. Um, you know, Gregson on the love boat, wherever he is. Manchester United went down 7-1. They went down 4-1 to us. Um, last year, Liverpool beat Bournemouth, I think, 9-0. But when teams have a bad day in the Premier League, the skill level is such that you get absolutely hammered. So, it, yeah, you, you can't have an off day in, in, in what is the world's best league. Mm. Yeah, well, yeah, eight in the back of the unlike, net. That's yeah, a, that's unlike a, Everton, they've had you know two bad seasons, but they've they've got a you know every now and again they've strung together a little bit of a a winning streak which keeps them keeps them up. But um, like Cosy said, Sheffield United, there's only one place they're going, and that's back to the championship. Yeah, well, they're they're certainly in a dark place at the moment. So uh, yeah, I um uh, yeah, that was a. Pretty shocking result, eight nil. Um, well, mate, the the toffees. How could they not be the terrific toffees? Great win, great win. But we need to make it a great month. So, uh, watched um, watched the game um, uh, replay and the commentary, uh, as well as what I was th- uh, thinking was, where has this been all year? Where has the consistency been um, all year long? It's um, you know, a couple of weeks, like when I think they showed up against Villa um, week two and were just absolutely appalling. And last week against Arsenal, now I know Arsenal's one of the top teams, but pretty lifeless. Completely different uh, team this week. Showed some life, showed some actual creativity and um, the ability to put uh, a few in the back of the net. So... Sort of did leave me a little bit why this week. Uh, hopefully, we're wa- wa- warming up a little bit. I know, um, Sean Dyche copped a fair bit of grief in the in the media this week. There were some reports that um, Toffees might have been looking elsewhere. So uh, it was an important win for him. But uh, it, it really needs to be turned from a good win into a good month because our next two matches uh, we shape up against in the Premier League: Luton and Bournemouth. And but then we run into Liverpool, West Ham, and Brighton. So really need to make sure that the next two rounds we're getting some points. Yeah, true. Um, I'm not going to accuse you of reading down the uh, run sheet again, Potty, because I never know you. Never think you would do anything like that. But yeah, I, I'll, I'll hold my uh, hold my fire until the uh, fantasy tip of the week. But I'm on board with Villa. I'm on board with Everton as well. Sorry, so. We'll talk a bit more about that a bit later. Yep, fantastic. What do you think, Berta? Well, yeah, that's um, 
same as you. Like, they've been building towards this win, then you'd think, okay, it was it was due, but they've just been so bloody awful. And then to go to Brentford and, and beat a pretty decent team quite handily, like, you know, why? Does it, ta- does it take... Does it take their manager, Sean Dice, that the talk in the media for to to fire him up? Like, why can't they just come out in the Premier League um, with the proud tradition that they have, knowing that you know they've got new owners, they've they've got a stadium on the way. They 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 should be playing at a far higher level every every week. Um, and like you said, the next couple of weeks was this one a flash in the a flash in the pan, or are they actually going to come out against two teams that can easily win games? And let's face it, Potty, um, as with most local local derbies, uh, it doesn't matter with form. Form goes out the window. So when Liverpool and, and Everton meet, there's you know the, the past history would say that we're going to draw basically. Mm, so. Yeah. You know, you'd, you'd think you could you could take a potential seven points out of your next three games when you've got teams like Sheffield United running around um, and, and Luton. Uh, you know, you you could that that that's big in in the race as to where you need to be. Like seven points in the next three games. Opportunity to put it, some distance between exactly, us and the exactly. um, get you nice and some breathing some breathing room, and then yeah, but. Hopefully for, well, no, not hopefully. I couldn't give a shit about Everton to be honest. But hopefully for your sake, Scotty, that they string some, string some um, performances together. And yeah, have you ever like Jordan Pickford? Right, you know he, he's an Esha, isn't he? He he would dead set leave the ground and put on a bum bag and go and go and sell some gear. Wouldn't he? he just has that look. What do you reckon? Because because you're laughing. What do you what do you reckon? He just looks like. He's an Esha, yeah? I think that what what probably makes you think that is the haircut. It look, he looks like one of those guys that goes to the hairdresser every week. You know what I mean? And just gets a trim and a, and a bit of gel and, you know, like there's something a little bit different every week. It, it's not like, I oh, know, you know, he's got the same haircut week to week. It's like there's just always something a little bit different. And those sort of guys, they scare me. They've mm. they, they got too much time on their hands, too much money on their, in their wallet. Well, I'm not going to blame him for all evidence woes, but do you know what something a little bit different would be is a clean sheet? But, you know, <laughs> I, won't, I won't go into that. One out of the last 11, I think. But, um, yeah. Not yeah I, just want to, I just want to – so I just want to be clear here. So what, Bertie, you're saying is that if there's ever a year to be shit in the Premier League, it's this year. Absolutely. Okay. So, yeah, I just wanted to make that – yeah, just make sure we were clear on that. So if you're going to be shit, this year's the year to be shit. And he could still stay up. Yep. Yeah, gonna, yeah exactly, because you've got some proper shit below the shit. It might just be <laughs> our year to stay up again. <sighs> yeah. Come on. Uh, escape, Come on. Escape by the, um, uh, you know, very thin margin over the last two years. Let's hope we can do it again. And as you said, Berta, though, you don't really care, so, you know. No, no not at all. I, you can go and play championship football <laughs> in your... In your River Mercy Stadium, not good and care less. Have fun. Yeah. <laughs> All right, fantastic. Uh, uh, next week's features, um, uh, Villa versus Brighton, Man U versus Palace, Newcastle versus Burnley, Wolves versus City, Bournemouth versus Arsenal, 
West Ham versus Sheffield United, Everton versus Luton, Spurs versus Liverpool, Forest versus Brentford, and Fulham versus Chelsea. So, some interesting matchups there. You'd like to think that um, uh, it's going to be a pretty, um, pretty interesting match for you there, Berta, as you touched on earlier. And, Cosy, uh, you'd be um, very disappointed not to pick up the three in your outing, I'd say. Yeah, you look at all those games next week and quite necessarily all of them, except except maybe the Wolves versus City game, could go either way. Like even Bournemouth and Arsenal. Bournemouth have been a little bit of a thorn in our side at home. Like we've had trouble getting past them in the past. Um, but all those, all, every game there on that list, uh, you know, could go either way. So there's going to be some crackers next weekend, that's for sure. Definitely. Let's be honest. Yeah, Chelsea with their... Seven billion dollar team, they'll probably lose. They haven't won, they haven't won much lately. They put in another piss poor performance uh, on the weekend. So, how long before the pressure starts to fall on Argentina? You reckon, Cos? A good, very good question. Like, um, you know, they demand success there at Chelsea. Like, they, he, I think he'd last the season. I think they'd at least give him a year. Um, I think they need to at least finish in the top half for that for him to stay. I think if they finished in the bottom half of the league, there would be some serious questions asked. Um, but yeah, if he gets top half, I think he's comfortable. I think it's long term. You know, we saw how many ins and outs they had at the start of the year and to that, that side needs to gel. They need to, you know, give it three, four, five months and uh, hopefully the results will start coming for, for them. Um, but yeah, I, I think they'll give him you know, he's got a track record. He, if it was a Postecoglou or, or someone like that without that Premier League experience and, and European experience, I think it might be a shorter stay. But I think he's got the runs on the board that they'll keep him just for that little bit longer, as long as the results start to come. Mm. All right, guys. So let's um, let's consider our fantasy, and I think it would be remiss of us not to discuss a certain um, person triple captaining Harlan last week. Who who was that, um, Berta? Oh, the one and only Will Gregson, the, the sailing on the love boat at the moment. Like, <laughs> is a triple captain, um, and you know what? The funniest thing is, is I, and I want this pointed out. We all probably weren't at the end of the fantasy, you know, as much last year as we were this year. But he also did the exact same thing on Erling Haaland last year. And he, he produced a two. Erling, <laughs> the worst game of the season. So Grego's triple captain went into a six. And I don't know what he got this year. He got an 18, I think, or something like that. So he's, you know, turned, his, turned a six into an 18. But triple captain, like, it's the one... One thing you see on all the fantasy things that you get that sent through that save this for later in the year when there's double game weeks and you're on someone like when Manchester City or someone's playing two games that's when you that's when you triple captain someone mm. not not a single one in in week week six of the season before you go on the love boat. He's pulled a he's pulled a Kurt Zuma. He's, 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 he was talking last like on one of the earlier podcasts about kicking cats and and triple captaining Kurt Zuma, but he he's had the same effect this week. So it's, it's such a shame that we can't be here just to hear him rebuttal on the, on the triple captain because 
yeah, he, he, he should be on a fantasy Premier League video how not to use it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there should be warnings if he's going to use it this week. You, you know, warnings to all the people playing fantasy, fantasy Premier League. Yeah. Will Gregson's triple captaining him this week. Stay away. And hasn't he fallen from grace too? Like, he's, he's just tumbled in that ladder. Like, yeah, anyway, he's... um. He was two points off the lowest total this week. Oh. Yeah. He's effectively running last now competition because the other member still has Harry Kane in his team. So we can't really, uh, we can't really count that as competition. And Rhys James. <laughs> and <laughs> Lukaku. <laughs> now, and if, if that team beat Will Gregson's team, that would be oh, hilarious. That would. Do you know what? I reckon he saw the results overnight, and um, uh, while he was on the love bond, went, "Yeah, those boys are going to tell me up on the podcast tonight." And he'd be disappointed if we didn't. Quite frankly, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, it was, it's a responsibility. Yeah, he was too busy worried about telling me up for the Newcastle prediction, and he's gone and triple captain to. <laughs> Erling Haaland. So, Grego, Grego's fallen. Uh, well, the leader's 370. Grego's on 322. So, just, just a cool casual 48-point deficit already. <laughs> <laughs> and the only the only, per, only one, oh, only two people got less than him on the week and he had a triple captain. So, yeah. Oh, beautiful, beautiful. Uh, speaking of uh, fantasy premier, uh, fantasy premier league, um, I deliberately got my tip in on the um, run sheet before anyone else did after my very poor form last week, so I could um, uh, not be um, guilty of just poaching other people's ideas for two weeks in a row because uh, the double penis of the week, I just can't take that heat just yet. Um, <laughs> but I, uh, I put in a Brighton pretty tough run coming up. And uh, so if anyone's still bright and heavy in their fantasy Premier League, uh, probably time to move on from there. I think Villa's got a pretty good run, so that might be a place where you can start to have a little bit of a look at um, where you might um, where you might buy some players. Uh, so that was my tip of the week. Uh, Cozzy, what were you thinking? So I've got uh, on the run sheet uh, plenty of toffee to go around. Oh. Um, you mentioned it earlier um, about their next games. I think, you know, form... I think Toffees will carry their form from last week to the next week against Luton. I think uh, it'll be a well, it'll be a good game to watch. It'll be you know a, a relegation battle in September, but um, no, it'll be a really good game. I, I, I see some goals in it because I think both teams will go for it. You know, I don't think either team will be playing for a draw, mm. so they'll both be going for it. So looking at um, you know players um, to bring in. Um, Beto uh, up front. Um, I'll also like the look of um, Onana in midfield, um, even though he, you know, is a bit more of a deeper lying midfield running forward at times. Um, even Decore was playing further forward on the weekend. He had a good game. But you want to get um, a bit of value, maybe look at Tarkovsky at the back. He gets forward, he's good on the corners, he's good on the headers. Um, you know, so there might be a bit of value there in the toffees. Interesting to see if um, Dyche um, has uh, Calvin Lewin and Beto um, pairing up, playing together. See if that brings any joy. Yeah, I well, I wouldn't. I'm not managing a Premier League side, but I wouldn't. Like, I'd, I'd leave it how it was. Like, it was good on the weekend, you know. 
they got the result that they needed. Um, I think don't change it if it's not broken sort of thing. Um, there was talk about them playing up front together um, against Arsenal last week, but um, that didn't sort of occur. But yeah, no, if, if it's not broke, don't don't you know don't try and fix it. Mm. Yeah, especially with Kelvin Lewin's uh, uh, frequent injuries, you probably don't want to you know overplay him too much. No, well, they on the weekend they did a swap for like for like. You know, they took Beto off and brought Calvert Lewin on. So maybe he views them as very similar players playing a similar role. So you may not see them on the on the field together. Mm, yeah. Um, well, whatever works, whatever gets the W, I'm, I'm happy with that. Don't, don't even <laughs> whatever gets the play none of them. I don't care. <laughs> whatever. Um, Berta, what about your uh, tip of the week, mate? Uh, Our leader, should I say, as well in fantasy Premier League at the moment. Yep, yep, that good, nice, uh, nice round this week, which helped extend the lead just a little bit. But my tip of the week, actually, I'm I'm going to start to sell a couple. I'm, I'm disappointed now in Raheem Sterling and Marcus Rashford, and and off off the back of that, there's a um, he scored a goal last night and absolutely carved Liverpool up in the first half. Um, even though they've got the wool, uh, the, sorry, they've got Manchester City. Pedro Neto from Wolverhampton Wolves. He is absolutely just about unplayable at the moment. So I'm, I'm, um, yeah, he he would be one that I'd look at uh, at bringing in. And like I said, freeing up some cash with the Rashford or a Sterling who just they haven't fired yet. Um, so. With a like you said, with a bit of a lead, I'm happy to play play the game with the Rashford or Sterling and bring in someone that's in form. Yeah, wow, swinging the axe. I mean, they're brave at the top. I like it better. Yeah. I like it. But you know, Rashford would have been in just about everyone team in the world at the moment, but he's just just not kicking goals. I mean, hopefully. You know, part of me thinks leave him in there so he doesn't keep kicking goals. He doesn't start start to score. But um, yeah, I, I don't know what's going on there. He's just just not um, just not performing, and there's there's no real reason why. Like even when Manchester United weren't great at the start of last season, he was still scoring goals. Mm. So yeah, and then Raheem Sterling. Well, yeah, he's got to go. He's he's in a Chelsea team that he. They'd be lucky to beat Sheffield United at the moment, the way they're going. Steady, steady. Yeah, got to clear some coin up. and Yeah, I'm going to have a look at Pedro Neto from Wolverhampton. That's my tip. But would you say that um, Rashford's not looking good? Like he's not looking like he's getting out of his own half and attacking and... I I just think, I I wouldn't be surprised if if he's injured. I just, he doesn't look... He doesn't look like the Marcus Rash. He doesn't have that explosiveness. I don't know whether he's confused in his new role with the way they're playing, with the like you know, playing a dominant striker. But absolutely yeah. not. Yeah, no idea why he's not performing. Um, no, I just asked, and it's actually not a serious question because I was just going to relate it to the fact that he can't get out of the uh, Manchester United training ground without crashing his Rolls Royce. I did see that. I saw that on the weekend. <laughs> yeah. After yeah. the game, he said he couldn't get out of the car park, apparently. The emergency services were called because he's crashed his Rolls Royce. So oh, I just no, wanted to try and make a link there between, yeah, I was just trying to make a link there between his bad play and getting out of the car park. 
Yeah, well, everything's going wrong. And bloody rightfully so for Manchester United. Isn't it great to see them absolutely shit out at the moment? Like, I couldn't be happier. Mm. I've got a a trivia question for you, boys. Yeah. You know how I like my trivia? Yep. So, unfortunately, Johnny Evans scored a goal on the weekend. But for Manchester United, but it was disallowed. So, how many years ago was it that Johnny Evans scored his last Premier League goal? When did the uh, the answer is twenty six years ago? Twenty six. Twenty six. <laughs> I left it. And guess how old he was? Uh, Twenty one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good one, Carl. Nailed it, nailed it. Well, beautiful boys. I think we've nailed it again. I think uh, Gregor will be listening to this as soon as he picks up a bit of uh, reception and uh, he will um, be uh, royally stitched up, but uh, he'd expect nothing less. Yep. Yep. Done a good job, I think. Yep. Well done, Potty. No worries. Uh, Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. And um, plenty of football to come. And uh, for you, Cozzy, up the pies. Up the pies. Go to the mighty pies. All right. Now we'll run into the integrity report. Integrity. This is democracy manifest. All right. So it's time to get into all things that are integral. We have the integrity report here. Um, We're ready to get into it. Oh, let's do it. Let's do it. So I've got something a little bit different today. I've titled it, Dad, have you got a minute for me? Okay. So, one of the most famous father-son combos in the whole world. King Charles, Prince Harry. You heard of him? Uh, I think I'm familiar with him. Oh, yes, the royals, the royals. So, read an article the other day. Prince Harry has now has to now put in a formal request to stay at his old man's house. Wow. Yeah, that's pretty big. <laughs> so he lives in Canada now um, with Megan and um, kids. Lilybet. Yep, yep. I'll ta- and Archie. Yeah, I'm going to take your word for that. <laughs> so um, Prince Harry must now give notice if he wants to visit the king and stay at the royal properties. It has emerged after he was denied a room at Windsor Castle earlier this month. The yeah. Duke of Sussex, 39. Flew to London for the Well Child Awards at the start of the month and asked if he could stay at Windsor while his father Charles was staying at Balmoral to mark the anniversary of the Queen's death. It is believed that Harry planned to stay at Windsor Castle so that he could visit the Queen's resting place the next day. However, he was denied this request on the grounds that no property that that no properties were available on sh- such short notice. No wow. properties, not a room. How many properties do they have? Oh, <laughs> how many properties do we know about they yeah. have? You you are kidding. Turn it up. You couldn't have found the bloke a pillow and a bit of carpet. Oh. That'll do me. He's he's come home. He's come to on the anniversary of his nan's passing he's gonna see uh his nan's final resting place pass on his respects and he said hey dad what do you reckon can i stay at your joint tonight and he's been given the son you haven't given me enough you haven't given me enough notice i haven't had the opportunity to run the sheets through the washing machine (laughs) 
I haven't had the opportunity to dust up, to dust off the curtains. Ah, it's a disgrace. That will absolutely do me. Um, it is believed Buckingham Palace also told the Duke he would have to put in a formal request to see his father during the visit. So what is on this formal request? Is it is it a simple matter of, is Megan joining you? Well, <laughs> yeah, are you coming alone or will your <laughs> wife be coming? Because that creates an issue. I mean, honestly, you can't just give dad a call and say, hey, I'm in town, fancy meeting up down the pub for a beer. He's got to put in a formal request in writing and that will get approved. What, what's even that conversation like? We've got a number of formal requests, um, Your Highness, and we just want to run them through. Yes, we've got this, you know, such and such would like a meeting with you to discuss this, foreign policy on this, blah, 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 blah. Oh, yes, and Harry's uh, in town. He wanted if he could uh, have five minutes of your time just to chat. Yeah. Yeah. It's a it's a bit of a weird one, isn't it? Now I know there are probably these procedures in place for security reasons. Um, blah blah blah. But it is it's his son. Come on. Are they worried he's gonna show up wearing a Nazi uniform or something? Well, I don't know what they're worried about, honestly. Maybe you're right about Megan. Maybe they're not a big fan. I get that impression. I don't know why. You do get that impression, don't you? Uh, it's unclear whether King Charles was made aware of this correspondence. Well, probably because there was no uh, written correspondence, I'd imagine. <laughs> According to uh, one newspaper, Harry, who is due to return to the UK in general, will still be allowed to stay at properties in Windsor going forward, but only if he gives suitable warning. Oh, well, suitable warning. If I book a hotel room through bookings.com, I've only got to give 24 hours notice if I'm not coming. Yeah. Is 24 hours notice not good enough for King Charles? Apparently not. Oh, that'll do me. Like I said, I mean, surely you can give him a bit of carpet somewhere. Surely there is a room. A horse's stable, something. Something, 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 you know. <laughs> kick out one of the horses, kick out, um, you know, Sir Bolton, and, <laughs> and, and, and put him in there. So what do you make of this? I don't know what to make of it. Is Charles just getting too big for his boots? Oh, I'm king now. Well, apparently they're suggesting that it might not have gotten to Charles. But right. if you're – it's like when you hear – I remember hearing a story a couple of years ago where they weren't going to let Roger Federer into Wimbledon. He's like, yeah, I'm playing in the final tonight, so it's going to be a bit of a <laughs> – Bit of an issue if I don't get in. You know, they're going to be people are going to notice if I'm not there. You know, so uh, did they just not recognise the handwriting? Yeah, yeah. So I thought it was a real strange one. That one. They're a bizarre family, but well, yeah, that's um. You know, they every single move they're made is highly scrutinised, and I'm sure we're only getting part of the story. But honestly, if I'm the king. And, uh, you know, I'm a couple of steps off, let's be honest. You know, a few things have got to go my way. But if I'm the king, first thing on, hey, look, my kids want to come stay. That They don't need any paperwork. There is always a room. For, <laughs> there is always a room for them. You would think so. Yeah. wonder if Will had him over. Yeah, well, I, I think the same questions apply regarding well, Megan. Well, yeah, I guess so. Yeah. yeah. Not, not great mates, are they? No, Kate and, and Megan have Apparently don't see eye to eye either. So. Yeah, yes. 
I absolutely have no idea about any of that. Oh, uh, I've seen covers of New Idea. That's about the extent of my knowledge. Well, that's a, that's about as thick as the story is, I think. <laughs> Whatever you saw on the cover is pretty much all the article is about, I would say. Uh, yeah, so that was a really uh, interesting integrity report. I guess the integrity issue comes from, come on, you've got to have a spot for your son, son, son to stay, don't you? Yeah, I, like I understand why we need rules and protocols. He's the king. He's very important. We need to ensure he's safe. But mm, of come on, it's your kid. Yep, hundred percent, hundred percent. Yes. Anyway, um, look, integrity report. The Royals, people working for the Royals, get your gear together. Find a spot for Harry. Buy him a property. Buy him a unit. Buy him a townhouse. Yeah, come on, a little. Put him up. Apartment put in him the up for a night in there. Put him for a <laughs> night. Put him up for a night in the Hilton. Come on, do what you've got to do. Anyway, that's the integrity report for this uh, week, ladies and gentlemen. We always dive into the big issues here at the Sports Detention, and this week was no different. If you've got any feedback on that for us, get around us on the socials. We want to hear about it. We want to know. Yeah. Really, really important stuff. Um. <laughs> Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, that's the integrity report. I guess we should get into all other sport now. All right, ladies and gentlemen, now it's time for the AFL and all other sports, and it is a huge weekend for the AFL this weekend, grand final week, get excited, and just the man for the occasion, I've got Morgs here with us. Morgs, how are you, mate? Potty, yeah, great, thanks, mate. It's uh, an exciting week, this is the, the best week in footy for, for both goats. Yeah, definitely, thanks, definitely. Thanks so much for having us. No, no, really appreciate you giving up the time to come on the sports detention, and uh, we've got you in because you have a certain level of expertise when it comes to the AFL. You're a Victorian. Yeah, that's um, that's my only qualification so far, but yep. uh, definitely, definitely born and raised on it. Um, it's the one that pro- probably can comment on the most mm. uh, out of all the, the codes, so... Um, absolutely long time listener first time commentator today so thanks thanks so much for having me on board and a Collingwood fan yes yes first and foremost I will be biased in my opinions today Mm. of course but um, yes long time Collingwood fan and and very happy to be uh, around this week usually we're watching from home and uh it's seen the joy in other people's eyes, so yeah. it's our turn. I can hear the nerves in your voice. I'm, I'm always nervous. Yeah, stressing. That's all right. That's what grand final week's about. So, um, you, look, I'm just going to jump straight into it. Who's going to win and why? Well, Collingwood's going to win it. Yep. Not because I wear the emblem with pride, but uh, I think that on the day they've got a, a much better um, setup for the MCG. We'll talk a little bit about that in the history, but Brisbane Lions haven't liked playing there. Yeah, I haven't loved it in the past. So for Collingwood fans out there, I think that's a, something to hold on to. But it'll be one in the middle, in the in the midfield. So they've got an amazing forward structure who usually carve us up. Uh, Charlie Cameron usually kicks four or five at least. They've got Danaher and, and a few others down here that really do light us up when they're playing on their terms. 
We played twice this year, lost yep. both of them. Um, South admittedly, the first one was at Brisbane. I was at that game. Yep. And then the uh, second one was down at Etihad, or now known as Marvel Stadium. So they haven't played us on the MCG, which is a much, much bigger pitch. So for the listeners that are into the NRL code or union code here, each ground is actually very different. Yeah, I was going to ask, uh, uh, mm. playing on different grounds, because I've heard that Sydney... Te- um, the Swans often struggle in Melbourne and at the G because the Sydney Cricket Ground is such a smaller ground. Yeah, yeah. So the sizes actually change. Um, the the oddest shaped one is down in Geelong. Yep. Um, it's a really, really narrow, long ground. So it's much longer than most, but it's it's super narrow. It's only a kick and a half wide, whereas the MCG is a massive, massive stadium. So um, you're talking about probably an extra 100, 150 metres worth of, of squared metres in there. And that's a lot of space for, you know, the same amount of people to to get free and um it is the home of of Collingwood Football Club amongst others um and it fits 104,000 at capacity and uh on Saturday that'll be probably 102,000 of of Collingwood supporters so it's going to be a a, a, they call them the the 23rd man or the 19th man whoever's out there um obviously we have 18 on field and, and 22 on the bench uh including our subs so the extra voice and, and they really do lift when the Collingwood army get out and about so uh could be could be the deciding factor yeah yeah well crowd influence without a doubt so why does it suit why does the bigger ground suit Collingwood uh more than it does the Lions is yeah. it just because they're used to playing on it so that's how they sh- yeah that's that's part of it but but also you know the the when you're there each week and you're playing in front of big crowds you, you probably probably get a little bit used to it um Collingwood's running carry is something that they've featured quite a lot so they put a lot of speed on the ball which means they're going to surge that ball forward at all costs yep um, they're very aggressive with their ball movement. So in AFL, it's very safe to play it along the wings and, and towards the boundary line because your out is to hit it over the boundary line, get the ball back, and it's a 50-50. Collingwood would like to play the style of, no, we're going to go in and we're going to use the middle of the ground and be very aggressive. And what they do is called changing angles. So if you kick it into the middle of the ground, then you've got an angle to work with either direction. Very yep. hard to defend, as we know. It's always easier to score in sport than it is to defend. Um, and then their backs roll up and they get what's called deep entries into the forward line and that creates a lot of havoc for, for the defenders and puts a lot of pressure on them. So, you know, it's it's a, it's a pressure game and that's what they do. They, they force turnovers deep in their defensive areas and kick goals from that. Yep. All right. Uh, you must have been a bit stressed the other night against GWS. Oh, oh yes. It was, uh, it was... I was very calm. The kids were in bed. Yep. Um, but there was a lot of... Uh, uh, a lot of nerves and tension there. Um, previously, last year, we got done by a point in Sydney to yep. go through in the prelims. So um, GWS, the informed team, they looked good and they played far better than what we did on, on the day. So um, it was very lucky that Collingwood mm-hmm. got through, but that's what they just say about a home final and that's why you work so hard during the year to get the double chance to get the week off. At the end of the day... They got they got through. It doesn't matter if it's by one or by hundred. They're playing in the GF this week. That's right. It's uh, it's as we say, it's four points is four points during the regular season. So that's that's it. Doesn't matter how they they get there. The wins, the win. GWS be better next year. Yeah, I I'm I hats off to those guys. They play an unbelievably good brand of football. Um, they've got a few guys now that have been in their system for a couple of years since their inception, which was um, early uh, or 
early 2010, um, they started becoming a little bit well known, and, and yep. obviously after their inception, they were they were babies. So those guys now are in their 30s, and they're starting to really tick over and bring some young kids up with them, which is a really amazing sort of um, situation that they've got themselves in. I think they're going to be strong contenders for years to come yeah okay so they got a really good system there and uh got their mixture of experience and youth coming through i mean recipe yeah. for success that's that's what it's all about longevity is key and um carlton they um i'll tell you what i flicked on i missed the first 15 minutes of the match and i nearly didn't watch the rest of it because uh, the lines were uh the last leg of my three-legged multi so um what happened what so uh, Carlton started just at a blistering pace, um, and I talked about it before, but the pressure on the football was just unbelievable. Um, and Carlton are just, you know, where they were at round six, where, you know, they're walking out, out of the tunnel and people, their own fans are booing on them and, you know, they're, they're shouting absurd types of, types of language at them, as, as we heard. For them to turn it around and, and do what they did, it, it, it came from pressure. Yep. Um, fantastic game for the first 15 minutes and then I think Brisbane sort of steadied the ship and, and they really grinded them out for the next three quarters. And That's what it felt like because I watched the rest of the game and it felt like there was a point where I was watching it and I said to my wife who was watching it with me, if Carlton score next, it... it I felt like they were going to go away with it, but the Lions chipped away. I think they got a goal uh, either side of um, quarter time, the first yeah, quarter. Right, yep. yep. So, and that really brought them back into it. And then they just chipped away at that lead. And before you know it, momentum. Yeah. And, yeah. They're, they're, they're an amazing side. And, and Brisbane, I think, um, behind their, their sort of their arrowheads, um, can, can do that to teams and just wear them down and, and are willing to play the long game. Um, Fagan, who's really, he's the oldest coach that's ever coached a grand final as of yep. this week. Um, at 68 years old, I think he is, is, is a wise head. And you could see that, that they didn't get overawed by the situation because a lot of teams would have just sort of folded in when they've had four or five kicked on them. Yep. The Carlton crowd was fantastic presence up there. Mm. Um, if you if you hear the game... You oh, yeah, it was unbelievable. You thought it was a home game. You yeah, thought it was in Victoria. Absolutely, and, and, and that's the passion that they bring. Yep. Um, they're our arch rivals being a Colin supporter. So um, a little bit of me had a wry smile, but at the same time, it would have been lovely to see Carlton get through to grand final. Nah, it would have been great for Victoria. Yeah, look, let's be honest. Yep. They can have it next year. Yeah. They, <laughs> they can try and beat us. But um, credit to Carlton. Um, they... they they really performed. They, you know, they only needed to win one final game this year to yep. prove themselves, and they won two, three yeah. to a prelim, and that's you know, players will start wanting to play there now, which is amazing. Mm, yeah, well, uh, up uh, Vossi, the coach as well, so uh, yeah. up against the Lions. So yeah, a bit of a bit of an interesting one. He was there. He, he was a, a, an amazing um, player back in the in the early two thousands, and sort of was their man for a yep. long time. So it would have been interesting for him sitting there watching the Brisbane Lions run out against his team. but Yeah, you know. well, the competitor in him, I think, would have been able to push that to the side and Absolutely. just wanted the W. Oh, yeah. They showed a highlights package of him through the week. I caught it somewhere of him playing for the Lions, and, geez, he was a ferocious competitor. Oh, yeah, he put his head where you wouldn't put your hand. No, nah, that's it. And he would just put his head down and try and drive through brick walls. That yeah. bloke, he was unbelievable. Um, he, he caused a lot of tears on my behalf and uh, definitely in that 02, 03. Yeah, mm. I knew you were going to bring that. Up. Yes, yep, <laughs> sorry, no mate. Research. No, thank you. Um, I'll talk about how much I cried as a 11, 12 year old boy at that at that stage, sitting yep. on the sideline of those. So, yeah, um, yeah credit to Carlton, but 
No, you know, as I say, it's, it's just not over till it's over and no. not onto the lines. And speaking of the lines, and you, you brought up Chris Fagan uh, a little while ago, uh, he, um, he's been at the line since 2017, I mm. think. And, and when he came in, got a friend of mine who's um, uh, a line supporter, like been a line supporter since back in the day, member every year, just through the dark times, and uh, asked him at the time, so oh, you've got this Chris Fagan coming, is he going to be... Them and he goes, he's the man we need right now for the rebuild and he's going to do that fantastically, but he won't be the coach who wins us a, um, a premiership. I hope he's right. Yeah, well, I thought you might. I thought you might. Um, but he's d- what an exceptional job he's done to rebuild the Lions in our powerhouse. Um, is this their last chance, the Lions? Or are they going to need another rebuild soon? It's, or- a, it's a hard one to tell. Yeah. Um, some of the young kids, you look at Will Ashcroft and things like that, who's who's learning off Lockie Neal, and I, I, I deep inside me, I think it is. Yeah, I okay. think this is their last roll of the dice, or certainly next year. Having said that, we've just watched Geelong go through twenty seven in a row grand finals and seem like they'd never age. So yeah, um, you, you never know in football. Um, mm. But I I look at their stars, and if they don't get it done this Saturday, I. I think unfortunately that might be that might be the breaking up of the band for them. But um, credit to him, he you know he joined when there was no one. Yeah, there's no one there. And, yeah, and Luke Hodge he brought up from um what, yeah, yeah from from Hawthorne and he did amazing things there. Uh, yeah, and and to get a bloke like that to come into your footy club is is pretty special. Um, so he actually lived around the corner from me when I was uh, living in Brisbane and you'd see him all the time down the um like I lived uh, right near um Hawthorne. Park up yeah. in Brisbane. I don't know if you know it, yep. but um, uh, Morningside Panthers uh, play out of there, yep. and uh, he was always down there having a kick in his yep. spare time. Like he, you, it just seemed like he loved it. Like he was obviously a professional and um, playing it, but he was just down having a kick in his spare time as well. And, and so, that's, and that's the sort of person that you need around yep. a rebuild because it's you know the little impacts that you have along the way, um, and we talk about it all the time that if you you got a local community and one kid makes it. Yeah, generally then three kids make it the year or two years after that and four years after that. And, and you look at that even in third world countries where these basketball superstars yep. coming out of. Um, so for him to spend his time out there kicking the footy, that's that's where they've been yeah. able to really recruit and, and get behind little acts like that, that. Yeah, and you sort of got the impression that that sort of thing, the influence in the community was what brought AFL back to Brisbane. Absolutely, yeah. Uh-huh. It's, a, it's a it's a it's a beautiful city, Brisbane, and I know a lot of guys that would love to go up there. You know, year round sun. It's a big thing out of Melbourne. His house was a little nicer than mine, just quietly, <laughs> but um, yeah, probably, probably slightly slightly <laughs> bigger budget there. Uh, but that's all right. Uh, anyway, yeah. So, um, uh, but going back to what my uh, mate said a couple of years ago about. Um, Fagan being the right guy for a rebuild, I guess if they miss out this year on winning that premiership, he's the right guy to keep around anyway, isn't he? To make sure that they just keep building. Absolutely, yeah. I think I think he's I think he's instrumental in in what they've done and and the style of play and and you know he's he's got some guys that should never have left their clubs to leave their clubs. Yeah, so right. He's obviously well loved and and well respected as as the other coaches on Saturday, um, Craig McRae, but he's obviously done an amazing job of bringing those kids and. Up and then also getting the right people around the football club to be able to the do right that. people. Yeah, that's, that's, yeah. that's what it's all about. That's so. the one that's hard to really nail down, isn't it? You can identify the superstars easy, mm-hmm. but the right people, that's a tough one. 
Um, yeah, so great for the Lions. We'll see if it is their last chance or not, but um, they're going to have a red-hot crack, no doubt. Uh, mate, uh, as we mentioned earlier, Victorian. Yes. Proud Victorian, of course. Very proud, yeah. Uh, talk me through grand final day down there. You've been to a grand final before? I have, yeah. yeah. I've, been, I've been lucky enough um, to, to see two losing grand finals and they stuck with me for my whole life, not just for the, you know, the fact that I was a 12-year-old kid and super impressionable and, and um, watching the Lions go three-peat, uh, but just the whole week. Yeah. It's just it's just amazing. So um, people don't realise, but football is actually one of the, the oldest codes and we have, we have some of the oldest football clubs, if any sport, in the world so yeah, wow. um and and with my work has been pretty lucky um working with i actually work with the swans academy up here and yep. i only learned recently that it dates back to about 1841 as the first reported sighting of the game wow um, now i'm going to butcher the name but it's uh martin grook and it was a traditional um first nations game where they kicked around possum skin that's where it sort of developed from um and it wasn't until 1858 where melbourne uh, football club was was created so um, 1858 1858 wow yeah so and then the following year in 1859 Geelong um, football club was made and the first ever quarter game was between Scotch and Melbourne Grammar yep we're for three days <laughs> three days a one one tie so um, <laughs> love to get some footage of that one I'm oh sure, I tell you what I'm sure the KO mini would be pretty pretty uh, short for three days worth of worth of film but yep that'd be an absolute ripper no doubt that's it and the, the first ever grand final was in 18 uh, 1898 yep that's the first ever VFL um, AFL grand final um, of course VFL being for Victorian Football League which was what it first was um, when it came about um, so since then basically it's been it's been the week long um, affair and um, sadly, Collingwood has been in there 45 times with 15 wins. So there's 30 losses there that um, could have been. Yep. Um, not the greatest odds. Uh, Brisbane, on the other hand, or Fitzroy, um, they've won 11 from 16 hit outs. So they've got a pretty good rate. That um, is a pretty there. good rate. So obviously the Lions won three out of four. Um, the Brisbane Lions back at the um, start of the century lost the fourth to Port Adelaide, was it? That's right, yeah. yeah. And... and, and it, it was an amazing game, that one. So yep. it could have gone either way. Yeah. Um, so realistically, they could have been the second team to ever go a four-peat behind, yep. um, dare I mention it again, Collingwood. Oh. Uh, sorry about that. It was, it, was, it was early in the 1900s. So that's, you know, it's a little bit while, while back. But, um, yeah, I mean, the first time they ever met Collingwood and, and Fitzroy back in the day, because they were originally the Fitzroy Lions, yep. and Brisbane Bears merged to become the Brisbane Lions. Um, they actually met in 1903 and... I've done some digging. Tell me, mate. Tell me. Look, did you know that the Model A Ford was built in that year? The first flight was ever taken in that year and the first teddy bear was in the same year. So there's a bit of history between mate, these two. Mate, wow. Know. Look at me in my archives. Mate, we love a bit of research here at the Sports Detention. <laughs> I dug deep for that one. Yeah. Um, and, and yeah, as you, as you mentioned, the last time that Brisbane and Collingwood met was it both in 02 and 03 and... Um, Left a pretty bitter taste in my mouth. So I'm looking for revenge this week. I've held on to it through now, my childhood. I can't remember both of them, but um, one of them was a very tight contest, wasn't it? Yeah, the the um, 02 one was great. Yep. The 03 one was horrendous. Yep. Um, and it was Jason Ackermanis. So I remember he ran down the, uh, the wing, took three bounces and kicked a goal. And I looked at Dad, and Dad looked at me, and he said, no, I think that's it, mate. I oh. put my hands in my head, and it was three-quarter time, and we just knew. We yep. knew it was done. So, um, you know, we're talking about they possibly had four of the five 
of the greatest players ever playing for them at the time and um, a little bit of history about that one. Uh, their full forward at the time is, you know, he, go, he goes all right. His last name's Brown, first yep. name Jonathan. He actually sat down with Collingwood. Oh, did he? the 1999 season yep. and had the contract in front of him. Yeah. Went, went to sign it. Asked for 24 more hours and went back and signed with Brisbane Lions and won three in a row. Wow. What could have been? Oh, what could have been? I dream. I dream if, still. If he had signed that contract, would one of those two premierships go on your way? Both. 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 He wow. Was, he was unbelievable. His all we needed was a yeah. big forward that could kick goals. We still need still need one of those. Yeah. 20, 20 he might have later. a kick. So, hey, look, <laughs> shout out to John O'Brien. If you're around on Saturday and you feel like suiting up, I reckon, I reckon we'd be right. So... Um, but yeah, it is It is a very, very intriguing week um, yep. down in Melbourne. Everyone talks about it for the full week, as you'd imagine. Um, the buzz is amazing because it's usually a nice weekend, usually good good weather, which is yep. funny for Melbourne at the best of times. Um, but yeah, look, this week is something special and, and it's, it's sad that I'm not going to be there, but yeah. uh, I tell you what, you'll see a smile on my face all week, that's for oh, sure. Oh, mate. And so the actual day itself, so mm. what... what if you were down there, yep, you're down there Saturday. Mm-hmm. What how what's your day look like? So the the depends on whether you win the ballot. So there's a couple of ways you can get tickets. You, you, if you're an MCC member like my family are, you can go in for a ballot. They've already got the tickets. Yep. So shout out to Stephen Gaz, both my brothers. They're secured. Oh, they've got to sleep in on Saturday. Yep. Dad doesn't doesn't oh, have a ticket. No. So what he has to do is he has to either buy them through membership, which he doesn't have um, for Collingwood. They, they only released 17000 for the 106000 Yeah, members. right. So he hasn't got those. So next bet is to try and go in a, 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 in a re-ballot, which is the MCC members that go, I got the tickets. I'm not actually going. I, I'm actually going on cruise. Yep. Um, I'm a Carlton supporter. I don't care anymore. Yeah, I don't care anymore. Yep. You can have them back and then they re-ballot them. That's yep. the second, third way you can get them. The last way that you can actually get tickets is you camp out. Yeah, and that's right. how we got them in two thousand three. Camped out, camped out. Get the so swag out. Yeah, it's not quite like that. It's an early, early wake up. Yep. Have to get someone to give you a lift in. Yep. So in you go. Um, we were there at I think three thirty from memory. So it's about a two thirty a.m. wake up on grand final day. Yep. And you get your tickets. You run down. You slap your ticket. Or you get you get your seat as close to the ground as possible because that's where you want to watch it on the fence. Yeah, and you sit down. They hand you a card. And it's got your seat number on it, and you slap reserved on it, and you've got your corresponding ticket and your card sitting there, so you can then leave. Yeah, right. So out we went because um, I was only twelve. It would have been a bit different, I reckon. Now um, probably go to the casino um, yeah. and enjoy the morning as you do responsibly, of course. Of course. Um, we went home. Got an hour of sleep and then went back in and, and watched back in the day. They had um, the VFL would play beforehand or yeah, the, okay. an exhibition game for the 18s Colts or um, I think the women were on um, from memory um, at some point. Yep. Um, and then they, they fly in the, the cup in a, in a Black Hawk helicopter. Then there's a, you know, you watch them warm up and you can see the banners go and it's... Um, it's, it's like nothing else. Yeah, it's, right. I, I, I could have only imagined what the Coliseum would have been like in the day, but yep. to have 100,000 people there. Maximus, Decimus, Ridius. Oh, that's it. Are you well, not Come on, Rusty. Come on. I know, local legend. <sighs> yep, we love you here at the Sports Attention, Rusty. Um, yeah, wow. And, and, you know, something that always catches my eye is the, the sprint. 
yes. Yeah. yeah, we do love the sprint. Mm. Um, shout out to IQ. I think he won it last year or came close. Isaac Quainar, who's a Collingwood player. Yep. Um, did a little bit of work at Collingwood back in my previous past life and, and he was he was quick then and he's quicker now. He's, yeah, right. He's real fast. Um, so I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. I haven't seen the lineup yet, but I tell you what, there'll be there'll be a few in there that are that are pretty good. Uh, I think maybe even Bedford. Yeah, yeah, right. If GWS Bedford, if he's in there, I'd give him the nod. He's quick. A few torn hamstrings? No, he's pretty He's pretty good, actually. Ooh. Yeah, he's, I mean, there'd be you one if I tried to run after him, that's for sure. It'd be a double, like the Trelaw back in the day who did both left and right at the same time. Oh, that's that's a skill. That's that, an art. That's, look, it's, it's yeah. he's one of one that yeah. I've ever seen do that. I'd do so. a hamstring in the warm-up, so, yeah. you know. <laughs> yeah, kick him. I'll, I'll just, I won't kick him. Yeah, that's it. Kicking 25 metres, test mine out these days. Yep. Right. Okay, so Collingwood for Collingwood. the win. By goal. So. I know you're a raging Collingwood fan and this is going to, you know, be like swallowing a lemon. But tell me, if um, Brisbane are holding the flag on a Saturday afternoon, how are they going to do it? What's their game plan going to be? Their game plan's got to be centred around Charlie Cameron. Charlie Cameron is, look, if he was wearing a Collingwood Guernsey, I'd feel a lot better going into Saturday. Yep. Um, he kicked six against us. Um, he's, he's sung up at the Gabba's Country Road, Take Me Home. Yeah. Um, I heard it quite frequently that night oh. when I went and watched him. Um, it was wor- well worth the drive. I think we lost by 60 points. Um, him and Danaher are yep. going to be the, the, the real tests for us. Um, lucky for us, we got our back six looking really good, yep. which is our six defenders. Um, arguably the best back six that have been um, in terms of willingness to leave their man to go and help out. Um, but it's going to be won by that. It's a war of attrition. Get it down to Charlie Cameron and let him go to work, and he'll he'll do wonders. He'll kick at least a couple on the day. He, yep. He's a really good, really good player, and even the best defenders are going to have trouble with him. So, so it's about limiting the damage and just accepting that there's going to be some. That's it, right? Yep. So if he kicks four, they're not going to win a grand final. Yep. If he kicks six and has four or five assists, that's when we're in some in some pain. So yep. um, there's a little bit of that, and then around the around the contest or the the stoppage is um, obviously where Lockie Neal goes to work. He's one of Brownlow from his work in there. So um, Brownlow, for those that don't know, is the league best and fairest. Yep. And uh, he he is he's in, in great form. Um, the way that they dice is just unbelievable. They'll just kill you with possession. Yeah, okay. If you've got it, you know, you don't have to chase anyone. So they're happy to do that. Where we'll win it, which is most likely going to happen, of course, with yep. my Collingwood hat on it. Um, is that back six really standing up and, and understanding the day and, and working together as one and getting that ball out of there as quickly as possible because when Charlie Cameron's around, you don't want that ball in there. Yep. Okay. And uh, any injury concerns, worries? Yes. Um, Unfortunately, Dan McStay has done um, a knee. Oh, um, yep. Yeah, so he's our he's our big spearhead forward, and 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 Dan's been unlucky this year. He's he's um, had a few injury setbacks. We actually got him from Brisbane. Yep. So it would have been nice for him to, mm. to win one over the old club, but um, he's the main injury concern at Collingwood. Um, Nick Dacos, who's come back this week after six weeks off, he uh, had a minor fracture in his um, yeah, in 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 his leg, so he was a little undercooked. On the weekend, as, yep. you, as you can imagine, back six weeks off, oh, off yeah. work, you know, pretty big occasion to play. Yeah, a bit uh, dusty. Prelim. Yeah, against the, the best of the so best. So it'd be so. better for the run? 
I think you'd be better for the run. Yeah, I think he'll yeah. he'll poison. I think you'll be a lot a lot cleaner with your possession and probably finish with a, at least a goal. Yeah, um, and you heard it at first here. He's he's going to be the Norm Smith medal. Oh, so, hang on, yeah, hang on. Yeah, I've gone early. Hang on. Oh, hang on. Might have Grego here at the moment. He might just have something there. Ringing in is he? Get it in your multi. Oh, thanks, that's, mate. That's, he that's loves it. it. Yeah. Good on you, Grego. Yeah. How, is, uh, how is the South Pacific? Yep. Oh, we've lost him again. Uh, oh, I mean, what can you do? What right. can you do? So, yeah, Norm Smith and Nick Dacos. Uh, at least one goal. Yep. That's what I'm calling. Beautiful, beautiful. Well, mate, I am pumped for the AFL. You have done an outstanding job. I I always watch the AFL Grand Final. I don't watch heaps of games um, throughout the year, but I am as excited as I've ever been. Thanks, mate. We're, we're going to need every supporter. Yep. Um, we are the manly of, 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 the, of the NRL. You either love us or you love to watch us get beat. So yep. um, most of Australia will be going against us this weekend. So I, I do tell a lie, actually. I'll, I'll correct myself here. I was going to watch last year's grand final, mm-hmm. but I was uh, driving to Brisbane mm-hmm. and uh, listened to the first quarter in the car and I'm a Swans fan, so I didn't watch the game. <laughs> No, I wouldn't watch that one. But no, no. Well, it was over at quarter time. Yeah, so. fair, to, fair to say horses left that uh, video replay uh, well and truly. Yeah, you're not going to get much out of that. No, no, that's it. Beautiful, mate, beautiful. Well, um, why don't we move into a bit of NFL? You a big yeah. NFL fan? Look, in the past I've been. Mm. Um, I've dropped off this year a little bit, um, seeing as Colin was going so well. I've yes. Sort of, sort of dropped off a little bit on the, uh, the NFL. I've been watching a, a fair bit of AFL, but as of this weekend... We're back. I know, and uh, I, I hear we've bonded uh, in in our in our current roles. Uh, turns out that we're both both big Seahawks fans. Seahawks fans, mate, and Grego as well. I know. Who would have thought? Uh, Who'd have thought? Three mate. people, and that's it. it yeah, uh, it was it was a love of the Legion of Boom. Yeah, um, I saw a special on Richard Sherman. I thought I th- I think I could get around this guy. I'm going to get around it. Yeah, and that was it. I little did I know that they were going to win it that year. Someone called me a bandwagon, but um. Yeah, look, I bandwagon on them. Hey, why not? That's why not? Thick and thin you know, now, though. So yeah. I'm living proof of a bloke who should just get on a bandwagon because yeah. I just live my life in pain. Yeah, that's it. That's yeah. it. Everton, Parramatta. Well, oh, just you know, yeah. Swans. It's tough times. Yeah, tough times. Uh, Swans have won a couple for me. I'll, I'll let them go. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but uh, Seahawks had a good win uh, this morning. Yes. They beat uh, the uh, Carolina Panthers. It was an interesting game. Did you catch any of it? I caught a little bit of the highlights. Yeah. Um, Big grudge match there for me. It was, yeah. Um, you know, Carolina have done us a few times in the playoffs, and it's a, it's always nice to get up and uh, and, and get them. Um, yeah. They've caused a bit of bit of strife in the in the previous. Yeah, definitely. Years, so. And um, it it was a real patience match. Mm. Um, uh, I think uh, they didn't get a, the Seahawks didn't get a, a touchdown until the third quarter, uh, and they I think uh, Jason Myers kicked. Um, uh, five field goals to just keep them in the match and just keep ticking over. And then they just bang, bang, bang. And um, Geno Smith and um, Kenneth Walker just just went to work with a couple of touchdowns. Um, Geno Smith, credit to him. Yeah. You're sitting there behind Russ. Yeah, you patient. Even, you wouldn't even look at the playbook, would you? No, no. He's, he's spent the last four or five years just sitting there. Just enjoying life. Yeah. Bang, he's been thrown into it, hasn't he? He has, he has. And he's he's done quite well. I rate him. Yeah, he's done pretty well. And, uh, you know, uh, the Seahawks were obviously looking to benefit from that trade. Mm. And uh, in the draft this year, we saw the last of that come through. So whether we'll benefit from that um, this season, uh, 
hopefully. But at the moment, they're two and one. So uh, lost the first round to the uh, Rams mm. in, in the derby. So yep, absolutely. Uh, I think they've got um, – no, maybe they don't have San Fran until later on in the year, but we'll keep an eye out for that as well. Yeah, well, San Fran's another one that we just love. We yep. love playing them, don't we? Oh, yeah. yeah absolutely. And, they're, and they've been on a tear away at the moment, haven't they? Yeah, they have. It's been training grounds for them. Uh, and did you see Miami had a bit of a win overnight? Look, S- seventy to ten. I do love, do love the fact that their coach went out on an absolute limb last year yeah. and called for the Miami quarterback, and I'm, I'm going to butcher his name, Tua. Yeah, Tua. Yep. Asked him to be benched, basically. Yep. And then he does that. I think he went twenty three from twenty six. Yeah. Unbelievable. Unbelievable, I love mate. That. Yeah, I do. There's, there's no be- better mi- middle finger than a win. Yeah, and I think um, San Fran, Miami, and whoever wins out of um, uh, Philly and uh, who's Philly playing again are going to be the only teams that are um, uh, three and zero. Three and zero after um, uh, after three games. That's so big, that's a big standing three and zero. It is. It's yeah. a great standing. Yeah. So um, I, I actually caught a different game. Yep. Um, I caught a fair bit of the Cowboys uh, game this morning. Obviously, they went in and two and zero. Two and zero, and I'll, yeah, I, I caught the big, I caught the first quarter. Big big tear away there. They thought that they were going to probably get up against the Cardinals, um, who were zero and two. Zero and two, and I tell you what, they came out the Cardinals. Yep. they played full of confidence. They were happy to play inside the pocket, and then uh, and 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 got the win. Got up early as well. That was yep. that was key. So yeah, I think they were up fifteen three, and mm. then uh, Dallas might have uh, got a touchdown, but then it was yes. just bang bang. It was so, it? It yeah. was just just on from there, but. I don't know whether you caught it. There's a fair bit going on at another game. No. What else? Well, the rumours are that there's going to be a, probably a triple platinum CD. Oh. At least about... Hang uh, on. I know where we're going with this. About a certain uh, Chiefs player. Yep. So, Travis. Travis, Travis, Travis. The rumours are true. Yep. Looks like it. He's dating the world's superstar. Who's 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 wearing the pants in that one? Well, I don't know, but if things go south, mm. you know, there's going to be a song written. We know that oh, for certain, and it's going to be a doozy. Oh, mate, I'll be driving along singing it. Don't oh, worry absolutely. about that. Absolutely. So, um, for those that don't know, Taylor Swift, the rumours are con- confirmed with uh, Travis Kelsey. If they're dating. They left together. Yep. Out of the locker room today. Yeah. Uh, wow. Was seen in his box. With his mum, so yep. obviously he's going, she's going to the met the, met the mother. Met the mother. Wow, that is big. Mm. Yeah, look, Christmas is going to be a lot of fun. Yep, that's all I'm going to say. Oh, definitely, definitely. So, Who, who's singing the carols? Oh, have to be Travis. Travis, yep. for sure, yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. It's my day, not yours. Yep. These are my rings. That's Have it. a look. Uh, yeah. I'm sure a chef doesn't cook on Christmas Day for his family, does he? No, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Who knows? Could do. But um, there's a bit of other distraction going on. I don't know whether you're into the college football scene. Yeah, would watch a little bit of the college, but I yeah, uh, Co- didn't catch it this week. Coach Prime mm. um, for for Colorado. Um, it's been been doing some wonders down there, uh, and then faced Oregon, and they got spanked. Yep, they got beaten worse than I've ever seen a team get beaten. Um, and they end, ended up the Ducks forty-two to six. Yeah, right. Um, and yeah, look, Coach Prime, he did really well. Yeah, I thought he'd, I thought he'd throw a bit of a fit, but um, he said, "There's no box of tissues going there in the locker room. We'll get better, and, and off we go." That is a smacking, though. I it mean, is. maybe he called the Miami game, and he was like, "Well, oh. you know, actually, we're doing all right." <laughs> that's it. Yeah, yeah, that's that's one way to make yourself feel better. Watch that film, and and and, and then you go from there. But 
Um, another thing that caught my eye in, in college football this week is um, shout out to the Collingwood former Collingwood footballer Finn Appleby. Yep, um, he's over at uh, Rudigers. Rudigers, sorry, I'm going to butcher a few things today, but that's normal. Um, as a punter, yep, um, he had a 72 yard punt that landed right on the goal line um, this uh, Thursday, I think it was Thursday, Friday, and um, got a big shout out. So, Finn. Long-time listener of the podcast. I'm sure he'll be tuning in right now. And uh, shout-out to you, mate, because it's a fair thing turning down an AFL contract to go on over and punt college. Yeah, that's a, that's a risk, isn't it? Because he's going over to college. He's not getting paid over there. So he's basically relying on the fact he's going to make the big time. Absolutely. And that's where he's going to get his payday. But, you know, a bird in the hand out here, uh, a contract. That's it. I so mean, look. all the best. We'll keep our eye out for you. He wouldn't be the first AFL player, if I'm not mistaken, to make no, it over there. No, so yeah, there's, there's, there's been, been a few. There's um, been a little... Graham was mm. the first one to make it over there. Former Geelong's player. Um, yep. Funny story about that one. He he actually punted for the first time um, and, and the receiver ran through. Yeah. And he actually tackled him and he got pulled over the sideline. Got dragged through hot coals. They said, <laughs> your job is to punt the ball, save the touchdown. Mind you, saved yeah. the six points. Oh, got absolutely dragged for him. So he saved the touchdown and they have caned him for it. Yep. Don't risk getting hurt. Yeah, that's exactly right. Your yep. job is to punt. You kick it in the air and after that play, he kicked it in the air and he would take his helmet off before it had even landed. Yeah, wow. Straight off the field. He was done. He was sitting back down before that thing had caught snow and, and come back down. So. I, I guess as a, a, an AFL player growing up playing that his whole life, that competitor and he was like, oh, no, no I, I'm, you know. I'm going to have him here. And the cultural thing as well. I mean, yeah. you know, Aussies play to the, the to the buzzer and, mm. you know, it doesn't matter. You know, you see the NBA guys, they stop, they dribble the clock out and yep. mate, we don't do that. No. I'm, I'm, I'm putting up half-court shots. Yeah. So, you yeah. know, shout out to him. Yeah. Good Fun on you, play. mate. Good yeah. on you. We love you and we know you're a big fan. Um, yeah. So, uh, what's happening in the NFL? Mm. Uh Look, Philly haven't played yet, so won't jump on that. But obviously, Super Bowl last year recruited very well in the draft, so I think they're going to be thereabouts. I think, I think, yeah, I think, yeah, I think they're going to be the team to beat. You'd have to think. And uh, yeah, I'm not sure how they're going injury wise, but no, they look they look all right to yeah. be honest. Um, I know Dallas lost a key member of their running back. Was it running back yesterday or the day before for ACL? So, Ooh, yeah. Oh, I did see that. Yeah. Oh, so. I saw someone else with knee was on a right angle last week. Oh, yeah. Fun times. No, nah, couldn't look at that again. No, that's it. That's but I don't know who it was, so I don't know why I brought it up. That's all right. Yeah. Doesn't matter. <laughs> it was just an image. Perfect segue into a, a bit of UFC, I reckon. Mate, I love it. UFC. So, uh, as our listeners will know, Grego is the UFC uh, expert on the panel, but I am going to butcher my way through this uh, just because I want our fans to be able to hear a little bit about it. Uh, UFC fight night um, over the weekend, and um, Rafael Fitzev um, was defeated by Gamrot, and I will we'll, I will have a go at his first name and absolutely cool. butchered um, Matthews Ga- Gamrot. Out of there, mate. That's hundred percent. I'd say so. I'd say so. Uh, but uh, it was TKO, so uh, it was. A li- I did watch the replay of this fight. Second round, I believe. Second round, yeah. yeah. And um, he uh, went for a kick and uh, did something to his knee, and then he was basically just scrounging around trying to um, trying to find the ground, and the the referee stopped the fight in the yeah. second round. So, um, yeah, that was uh, a pretty quick one. Uh, Bryce Mitchell, uh, Dan Ike. Uh, Defeated Dan I in the third round, a decision, a unanimous decision. 
Marina Rodriguez defeated Michelle uh, Waterson Gomez uh, by uh, KO in their second round. And Brian Battle defeated AJ Fletcher by submission in the second round. And Ricardo Ramos lost to Charles Jourdain by submission in the first round, three minutes 12 into that. So, yeah, uh, Grego would now go through and talk about um, if it was a um, good fight card. I don't know. So I'm not going to even butcher my way through that. Uh, But, yeah, it was um, certainly a, a mixture of results. Uh, and finishes throughout that fight, so, uh, throughout that fight card. So, um, look, I'm going to say it was a cracker. Absolutely, I'm just going to put it ages. out there. <laughs> I reckon, I reckon it's probably greatest of all time. Yep, yep, and nearly as good as me butchering some of those last names. Look, so, mate, let's did make my it till you make it? Yep, that's right. Did my absolute best, and I'm sure Grego will let me know if I've um, fumbled a few of those. Look, I'm, I'm sure it's going to come up a. Over the deaths for sure. That's, yep, that's that's uh, that's the one thing that we've done. We've butchered some names here. That's today, right. So. Uh, coming up this week in the boxing, um, Canelo versus Charlo, mm. big match which is coming up. Yes, big fan of this. Um, I have been a, a following Canelo for a little while now, and yep. and I, I was quite surprised at this announcement back yep. back when it was announced. And look, Canelo's power is just something else. So he gets on the inside. It's going to be. It's going to be pretty pretty much over before it started. So, um, and that's my take on it. Yep. Um, I think they're they're fighting well above the normal weight. So, it's a really interesting one for someone to take. But I guess you know when you get offered a sum of money and you want to fight, then then power to him. But yeah, for me, I think Triple C's got this one um, in the wraps. Yeah. Well. So. Um should be a good fight. It certainly had the build-up. I saw Tim Zhu made comment about it the other day, I believe. So, Did he? Okay. Yeah, so, um, yeah, it'd be interesting to see the result there. wonder if yeah. he's, um, you know, just trying to get his name up in lights for a future big fight that he might have. Um, Let's hope so. Yeah. Well, I, I love watching him go about his business. So. Yeah, yeah, and... Um, he he he'll, he'll one day get some big fights over there, mm. uh, t- uh, Tim. But um, you know, Grego brought up uh, after his last victory, patience might be the way for him over in the states. Like go in there and you know have a couple of fights that you know before you go in against some of those bigger names. Yeah, and uh, you know it's, it's a different world over there. Don't it be really too is. keen to make the big money. No, that's it. You you want to you want to perfect craft before you get into a ring with someone that can do some real damage. So, yes. Yeah. Um, fingers crossed for him. I mean, I, I always love seeing Aussies do well. That's um, right. In, in any sport. So um, it's, it's always it's always a good way to, to get your name out there is to start a little bit of a chatter here and there. But patience might be the key in that one because those blokes really do know how to rearrange a face. Yeah, they certainly do. And they, as you said, they play a different game over there. It's on a massive stage. So. Yeah, that's it. Um. Formula One, mate. So uh, this is this is a little bit of an interesting one because uh, a couple of weeks ago, me and Grego did a podcast where um, we did a future prediction, Mm. and we said basically 
we're not going to be able to do it next week. So we're going to pretend like we're um, doing it in the future and we're going to make predictions. And we predicted that uh, Oscar Piastri would get his first podium and that Lando Chuck Norris would get the win. How close were we? We were a couple of weeks oh, off. Mate, it was it's yeah, it was a really interesting race. Yep. Um, I think there's five didn't finishes. Lewis Helm was way back. Yeah. Um, obviously, Red, Red Bull was just a juggernaut at the moment mm. behind Max Verstappen. Maxi Verstappen. Stefan's oh. taking the um, po- uh, taking the top spot on the podium again. Unbelievable! It's 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 a pleasure watching that guy race. Oh. Um, you know, see if you've if you've watched the Netflix series, um, you get to little drive little, to survive. Yeah, yep. it's unbelievable! I didn't know much about it yep. before that. You know, I'm a Denard, but after watching that documentary, it changed changed my view on the whole thing. So, um, yeah, to, to see them them really do well, and and you talk about a young Aussie. Um, just paving his way, just slowly, slowly, and you know, shades of Daniel Ricciardo all over. Oh it, yes, we love it. We love it. Ooh. Could we finally get a world champion? Well, not at the moment. Max is no, far no. too good. I think, but Max, I think Max has stitched this one, the next one, and the following years up already. I think so. Year, I so. think so. A bit but like Novak Djokovic. Move over. Give someone else a crack. That'd be nice. So yep. I think what are they? They're three hundred and eighteen points clear. Yep. Red Bull at the moment. In the in the um, constructors championship, so um, home and hosed basically. Yep. I think I think I think they're done. Yeah. Uh, yeah so just uh, uh, Maxi Verstappen took out the uh, top gong. Lando Chuck Norris uh, second on the podium, and Oscar Piastri, the Australian. Grego will be happy. Gets his first podium finish. So oh. well done, mate. We are very proud of you. Absolutely. And um, you know. If you want to come on the sports attention and talk about your journey, we're always here for you. That's it, mate. Uh, mate, bit of golf. We love a bit of golf here, and the majors are done, but not mm. the competitive golf for the year. The Ryder Cup coming up this week. Yeah, look, it'd be be almost rude of me to talk about golf uh, after my display on Friday night, where I think I had my first air swing in a while. So um, I'll come out and practice just, shot, mate. Yeah, practice look, shot. I, look, I almost threw my back out. I threw everything into it and um, and and managed to clear the ball um, completely. So, um, but yes, Ryder Cup's coming up. It's exciting times. It is. I I, I think that um, the pinnacle of golf is a Ryder Cup team event. Big big money on the on the line in terms of you know. People pack that place out. Yeah, and historically, it's a hell of a contest for the um, for the Europeans. Uh, Matt Fitzpatrick, Tommy Fleetwood, and Johnny Rahm, mm. Shane Lowry, to name a few. Rory McIlroy, of course, uh, will be having a hit, and obviously for the USA. Uh, also going to be some big names. JT's in there, yep. Ricky Fowler. JT, Ricky Fowler. Um, I'm, I'm really looking forward to, to the young fella, Victor Holland. Holland. Yep. I'm so. really looking forward to seeing what he does. He's 23 years of age. Yep. He's going to ride a cup. I remember what I was doing at 23. Yeah. I definitely wasn't playing the Ryder Cup. No, no. And I, I've tipped him for big things. I tipped him to win the uh, uh, British Open earlier this year. And so, obviously, he didn't yeah. after I tipped him. Yeah, I just yeah. put the mocker on him. Yeah. I, I do apologise for that, Victor. Uh, but, you know, uh, Patrick Cantley, Wy- uh, Wyndham Clark, uh, Ricky Fowler, mm. and Jordan Brooks Kepner, Jordan Spieth, yeah. Scotty. So, some personalities out there, aren't there? I, so, yeah, absolutely. And I think the firepower of the US... Probably get it done. Yeah, you'd have to think so, and I think they might have won the last one, if memory serves. Mm-hmm. But, 
You never know. You but, never know. When you get in that sort of team environment and that competitiveness, it's a different beast than what you're used to with golf. Absolutely. And I mean, look, I'll, I'll throw it out there. If anyone falls a little bit ill, mm. I'm happy to get on a charter flight to Italy to go and play some play some golf. I spent most of my time looking for my ball yep. uh, on Friday night. Um, but I tell you what, I'm... I'm, I'm ready. I am keen as mustard. I will be there as well. That's it. Yep, as I long need, as... I need yeah. a caddy. Yep. Preferred so, lie? Yep, oh, yep. absolutely. I, I hope <laughs> so. A couple of toe wedges, I reckon. Yep, I think so. And uh, just slot my handicap in there as well yeah. if you can. It's blown out a little bit of late. Yep. And uh, finally, mate, on all other sport, we've got a lot going on at the moment, but the Rugby World Cup. Oh. So a couple of close matches earlier in the week with French just getting over the top of... Uh, uh, who did they beat? Uh Nabibia? Nabibia, yep. known for their rugby prowess. Known for their rugby, uh, yep. 96-0. Yep. Uh, England, 71-0 over Chile. Uh, but the big game saw Ireland beat South Africa 13 points to eight. Huge. So, yep. so Huge. top I mean, two nations ranked in the world at the moment, I believe. Yep. And, um, yeah, so that was a really big win. hit out. Had um, to be something of an upset still. Yeah. But... Um, yeah, so you might be seeing those two play off again at a later stage. Yeah, look, I mean, shout out to Nabibian Rugby. Yep. Um, they may have played with four people, by yep. the sense of things. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> you know, look, when you're playing against France, France, are, they're, yeah, they're all right. Yeah, well, yeah, that's right. They did knock over the All Blacks in the first round, so they're, they're, it's not as if they're uh, uh, an easy beat team. No, they're not. Speaking of easy beats, it pains me to bring up the Wallabies uh, going down 40 to 6 overnight. They are in an absolute state of shambles at the moment. Yeah, they're in some strife. Yeah. So, obviously, Eddie Jones has come in and I think he's won one from seven, getting over Georgia in a pretty tight contest. Again, known for their rugby prowess. Yep, Yep. definitely. Yep. and look, things just aren't improving. So when Eddie first signed, he signed until the end of the um, next World Cup. But as I mentioned uh, earlier in the podcast, apparently he has taken a meeting with Japan about possibly taking over the head coaching position here. Things are not going well on the field. And I know they weren't expecting to win this World Cup, no. but wow, 40 to 6. Yeah, look, uh, if I was Japan, I'd be having second thoughts. Yeah. You're trying to improve. Mm. Trying to go upwards. So, yeah. look, I mean, the only time I've run into these boys is when they're at the uh, the Manly Wharf Bar. Um, and, and look, the size of them. The sheer size of them. Yep, they shouldn't. They shouldn't lose. No, they shouldn't lose. But again, um, not my, not my strong suit of, of rugby union. But surely we're a bit better than better than this. Well, we certainly would have been expecting to do better than this. I know it's a young squad, the youngest at the World Cup. Of course. So that tells you you're looking to the future. But wow, like you couldn't have been looking at the future so much that you were willing to basically, like they're not going to get out of the group stage. We've got a couple of year nines playing for them, do they? Yeah, I'll yeah. tell you what. Is yeah. that how the young they've gone or are they... Uh, yeah, yeah look. I, I think you might be right. We might have to check a few passports. Yeah, absolutely. They've got parental consent yep. to go on this field trip or who knows. There's the, there's the educator coming out in you there, mate. Sorry, mate. Yeah, yep. that's it. Yep. Uh, risk assessment? No, hang on. Oh, no, no, no risk assessments. No, no. Well, mate, that uh, brings us to the end of our segment. Once again, thank you for your expertise, uh, especially around the AFL. The passion you spoke with, I can, I can, I can tell how excited you are about this week. And um, yeah, well, I mean, thanks for having us. Um, you know, it's not often that I get to speak about Collingwood, so yep. it's uh, you know, it's a it's a funny funny 
little place that we're in this week. I'm full of nerves, full of repeat nightmares of 0203, but it's not going to be like that on Saturday. So. No, mate. Stay confident. Stay That's confident. It. All I can say is hot pies. Yep. Up the pies. All right, guys. It's time to get into the multis. And once again, the pod has not let us down. Three from three. And as I alluded to earlier, I was very confident into the football, the NRL this week. Brisbane, 13 plus, comfortable. Wasn't even stressed about it at halftime. The Riff, 13 plus, easy money, nailed it. And the Lions winning over Carlton. I was a little bit stressed about that after (laughs) about 15 minutes when they were down by 30 points. But they got up and won comfortably in the end. So I have had another win, another tick for pod in the win column. Three-legged multi, get around it. Happy days. Now, Grego, he put on a three-legged multi just before he went away and just before he um, sailed off into the sunset. And uh, he has not played out yet. So, look, I'm pretty sure he's going to um, he's going to get a good win there. What do you think, Grego? Oh, he's in. Look, I'll have to disagree with that. Mm, yeah, to be fair, mate, I'm not surprised. You uh, haven't had a lot of luck this year. But, you know, uh, let's not... Count our chickens just let you. You could get you could get up. I mean, you're on a bit of NFL tomorrow, so you never know uh, what's going to fall your way, do you? All right. So, look, moving forward, Jade. While I've got you here, and I mean that sounds like you know I'm going to see you a couple more times through the week, you know, <laughs> since we live together. Um, tell me, what's some tips you got for me this week? Um, well, the women's um, NRL grand final, I. The, the Titans have done really well to make it, but I, I can't see Newcastle not winning it. Um, so I, I like Jesse Southwell for the Karen Murphy medal there. Jesse Southwell, Karen yeah. Murphy medal? Yeah. Um, I believe she's second favourite. I think Tamika Upton might be the favourite. Mm. She's a solid chance as well. Yep. Um, if you like the Titans, maybe Lauren Brown, the halfback. She got them home a couple of times throughout the season in Golden Point. Yep. Um, but, yeah, I think probably Newcastle. Um, in the men's, I think if you like the Broncos, I like Paddy Carrigan. The Cardigan. Yeah. Yeah, we love the Cardigan here. Yeah. yeah. Right. Oh, so uh, Jesse, Th- try again, Jesse Southwell and uh, Patrick the Cardigan Car- uh, Carrigan. Yeah. And if you're going to go the other way, if you're going to go with Penrith, I, I think maybe the other 13. Yeah, no, I don't want to be sleeping on the front veranda, so I think I'll, I think I'll be going with um, I'll be on the Brisbane bandwagon this week. But yeah, nice well try, well nice played. try. Just set that little trap there, just to. Nope, not see. my first rodeo. <laughs> Happy days, everyone. Uh, get around the three-legged multis. Let us know what you think, and always remember to gamble responsibly. And speaking of gambling responsibly, probably best not follow us into the, into the <laughs> abyss. Oh, I have no form. Anyway. Uh, finally, we're wrapping up things, and as we always do, we go to the main event, which is the penis of the week. So, Grego not here, so I'm going to jump right in. Look, this is our 27th episode. Wow, that's a good number. That, we've been going for half a year. That's pretty impressive. So, for 26 weeks, I've been able to avoid this position, but I couldn't do it this week. I have had to give myself the penis of the week. And I gave myself the penis of the week for stealing Berta's fantasy tip last week. (laughs) Accidentally, it may have been, yes. But ignorance is no excuse on this podcast. So 
for the listeners out there who might not remember or might not have been aware of what was going on, I forgot to look up my fantasy tip for the week, so I was going in there blind, and so I just decided to throw out the most generic comment you could about being patient and waiting till the end, and it pretty much stole Birders, what he put on the run sheet, word for word. <laughs> So, uh, which basically left him with nothing to say because I had (laughs) stolen it. So, look, when you're going to carry on with that sort of behaviour, and if I'm going to be throwing penis of the week at other people for their behaviour, I've got to be able to um, take it on the chin myself when that tag gets thrown my way. So, Take it on the chin, eh? Oh, hang on, sorry. (laughs) That's um, a bit of a faux pas there on my behalf. But um, uh, uh, So, yes, for me for the week... I'm a penis. Uh, Jade, what do you think? Well, after seven years of marriage, I don't think I can pass up this opportunity. You're a penis. Oh, yes. My well, penis of the week too. Yep. Uh, thank you for your support. I really appreciate <laughs> that. Yep. That's um, that's uh, fantastic. And, uh, yep. Apologies, Berta. Uh, <laughs> my poor form. I'll, I'll just have to remember to look at the run sheet a little bit earlier and steal your idea a little bit before ahead of time and, you know, put a few different words. <laughs> anyway, all right, ladies and gentlemen, um, I am unanimously the penis of the week. So uh, with that, we're going to finish up. Thank you, everyone, for uh, listening. Uh, make sure you get around us on the socials and uh, keep listening, keep supporting. We love you guys. We love to hear what you're saying. And Grego will be back next week. Hopefully he's feeling a little bit better. Like he, he seemed a oh, bit off tonight, didn't he? He like, didn't seem himself. No, no, didn't seem himself at all. But uh, we'll check in with him and um, see how he's going. Um, did you have anything else you wanted to say? Um, no, no. Thank you for having me. I've, I've had a ball. Of course, of course. Always welcome on the Sports Detention Podcast. So it's time to say goodnight. And to all our listeners, especially those in Sunnybank, home of the magpies, we say goodnight. And farewell.